On today's show, it's 1936. Collingwood are the reigning premiers, although South Melbourne fans would continue to cry that they only won because Bob Pratt was hit by a truck. Both teams would again feature in the pointy end of the season. The press argue over high scoring. We set the record straight on Captain Blood. Fitzroy have their worst season so far, but end with a shining light. Richmond have some losses to teams they have not lost to in league history. And we also have a very special guest. All this and more after the song. It's the history of football we knows about. And we want to expand what we know. We'll become such intelligent gentry With every kick-to-kick show Beginning in the time 1870s Right through to the modern day Tune in for Timmy Coops and the Kazman To hear what they all have to say Welcome to the Kick to Kick podcast. We are talking about the 1936 season. My name is Tim. Sitting opposite me is Charlie. Hello. You looked over there. I was confused. I did. I confused. Yeah, it up yeah, sometimes. you did and pointed to me. Great. I got the Kazman to my left. I'm not looking. Um, hi. <laughs> um, Moz isn't here. She's hungover, apparently. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll add her Brownlow bit in later on. And to my right, I've got a very special guest, Tess Armstrong. Hello. How Ooh. are you all? Very good. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a real pleasure to be here. Love the show. Love looking back at when Richmond were good, you know, in the past, <laughs> and now apparently we're good again. Yeah. So who knew? Apparently, History repeats. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Have you heard? We won the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> we're not up to nine, uh, 2019 right. yet. We're yeah, not that's sure. right. Yeah. Get me back for that one. Yeah. I'll, I've got a bit to say. <laughs> um, so Tess, you are a member of several football podcasts, so it's great to have you on with your experience. So out of sanctum as producer and get and host next year. Mm-hmm joint host um, and they came to play which is what I know you most from yes with uh, Limo and Danny McGinley very silly Monday catch up which is delightful yeah. but yeah it's it's good to get to talk about footy mm. you know you've got to make somehow like you you've got to find a way in which you can make it work and yeah. you know quotation marks and get together with your friends and talk about footy yeah, yeah. Look, it's his, a good life history never stops that's right yeah, yeah. go all the way back yeah means you've got some in, you've got some time in you yeah, yeah. We got a bit. exactly <laughs> yeah um, so we have some questions we usually ask our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, you've made it very clear you support Richmond. Yes. Why? You told me it's, a, it's a quite a long story. Can it's we... a complicated saga. Uh, so strap yourselves in, as Ross Lyon <laughs> would tweet. Um, I grew up in a very footy family. My dad played for the Saints in yep. the 80s. He was from Ballarat, so they were zoned to oh, yeah, St Kilda. Yeah. So he and the likes of Danny Frawley and Plugger would get on the bus and go to Melbourne and play football and then come back. And the stories of that time are so hilarious because the Ballarat boys were so country and yeah. salt of the earth and the St Kilda City boys oh. were the partiest yeah. party guys yeah. that history's ever seen. That's right, the disco. So mum and dad were like... <laughs> shook you know they would go to melbourne and be like what is going on in this city you know so it was a very fun time and then dad got quite into development um after that and he worked for the saints and then he moved we moved to geelong as a family and he started the geelong falcons with a whole lot of other people uh so back in the day when the kind of development leagues was first kicking off and then joined geelong football club as their uh football operations manager and that was a good time so i was a i grew up as a geelong 
person when yep. I was little because it was Ablett and yep. Tim McGrath and Billy Brownless and it was Paul Couch. It was an did amazing time. Did you have time. access to all of them as a child did, as well? They came to our, I played wow. Nintendo with the Ablett children and <laughs> we ran around, That's you know, Cadinia Park. I danced on the table at Lee Colbert's 21st birthday as a child. To, I think I was too, I'm too sexy. So yeah. it was great times and it was like it was just a part of my life and Gary, Gary is as mullet, you know, part mm-hmm. of my daily experience. And so I truly loved it. And then it was a fun life as well because all the wives and children, we would get to go on a bus every weekend to Melbourne yeah. and um, the men and players would go off and early and then yeah. we would get to go on the fun bus and go <laughs> to like a restaurant in Carlton before they played yeah. at Princess Park or whatever and then you'd go home with your dad and hopefully it was a happy car ride home and not a stressful car yeah. ride home. So it was always very tense in the rooms okay. afterwards or fun. Yeah. Um, and then he left Ge- Geelong and joined the Dogs yeah. uh, in the 2000s after Year of the Dog was yep. made. And it was a kind of complicated time in Footscray's life because yeah. they were becoming the Western Bulldogs yeah. and they were trying to broaden the team. Yeah. And that was quite interesting. And I... I gave it a go, barracking for the dogs, but yeah. I didn't like truly commit. I still kind of loved um, Geelong, Geelong and was still living in Geelong, and so you know yeah. it was complicated. But they that was in the year two thousand eight. I think they beat Essendon, and remember that was the only oh, game yeah. that the Bombers, the, the Bombers lost. lost. Yep. So that do you is remember one that, of- Tim? No, I do. <laughs> I do, and I can remember exactly where we were when we lost that game because that's when I knew we'd win the premiership. Uh, really? Yep. Oh. You got always got to lose one before you win it. That's Lo- true. Like, Apparently, we, that's we'd true. won. 20 games in a row yes. we, had, we had to drop one and I didn't want it to be in the finals so. yeah. it was like the best night of my like, young life I just yeah. remember the pure like the rooms it was like <laughs> we'd won the grand final yeah. and it was completely wild as a, as a <laughs> wild ride uh, and then dad was part of a group of people that left the dogs with Terry Wallace Brian Royal Nathan Brown oh, Jordan McMahon if yep. anyone remembers yeah. him he was my yes. childhood crush that dirty uh, moustache and then, <laughs> I know I look back and I'm like what was I thinking anyway <laughs> and they went to Richmond and I was then a teenager and I thought what like it was my mind was completely exploded because it was the first big club that yeah. we'd been involved in and it was the first time I felt like I had ownership over the team so we weren't that great at yeah. that time but I just loved them and I loved the song so much <laughs> and I loved Richo so much that I thought oh no wait this is my team and yeah. even when dad left and did other things the rest of my family went back to being St Kilda people okay. and I just stayed Richmond. with Richmond, yeah. which was hard during like the 2010-2011 team when, when St Kilda were really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and they beat no, Richmond. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy over here. And they beat <laughs> Richmond like 12 times in a yep. row or something uh, Jokes on that. Although the other year, you know, 2017, I went to the football with my sister and she was St Kilda and I was Richmond. When we were going on quite you. well and they smashed us. Oh, yeah. My sister never goes to the football and she's like, going to the football's awesome. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. So anyway, in a convoluted way I found Richmond in a weird way and then they just became my team so it's a very solo experience but you know maybe all football loving is solo who knows I think it yeah in its own way it is isn't it Mm. yeah you You all love it in your own special way yes so then my next question and I don't know how you're going to answer this Whose number did you have on the back of your jumper when you were a kid (laughs) because I must have been a Geelong player uh yeah, it was my favourite player when I was little. I've always had really odd tastes, by the way. So just yeah. like the Jordan McMahon thing. Anyway, Adam Houlihan was my favourite okay. player when I was a child and I loved him so much. <laughs> I don't really know why. What number was he? was he? such a nice man. Yeah. I don't remember what number he was, but I did have his number. I think he, was, he wasn't number three, or maybe I'm imagining it. I'll have to look it up. But he was my total favourite. And I think I always liked the underdog in every team. Okay. Because... 
one you could like follow them and not every and it felt like it was an alternative journey. life yeah. you know you weren't like one of a pack following our blood yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were exactly. the other ones Someone following else. the underdogs mm. and so I quite enjoyed him and then if I had to pick one now as an adult it's Jack Rewalt yeah, okay. he's my favourite player yeah. ever Yeah. and so that I think if I could retrospectively go back it would always have been Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it was always Jack. It was Jack. always Jack. So, yeah, nice. Um, so then I guess barring the two grand finals from the last few years, which were pretty ordinary games, let's be honest, yep. uh, best game you've been to? That 2000 win, the uh, Dogs. The Dogs, that's the best game you've been to. Bombers. Because I remember Even that Even though it was feeling. a rubbish game of flooding and defensive yep. football? Okay. Because it, it meant so much to the Dogs at the time. Yeah. Like it was just, it was like a whole new generation. It was them believing that they weren't always going to be rubbish and that they weren't going to be like taken out of the team yeah, okay. and then separately the other favourite game is 2014 the last game of the year that Richmond beat Sydney so oh, we had to yeah, win to nine games in a row finals. to make the finals and if we never talk about the actual Port Adelaide final <laughs> I'm fine with that but that actual game I was watching at the London Tavern in yeah. Richmond which was a strong oh, Richmond yeah, pub yeah. and everybody had to buy like two jugs of beer because you couldn't get to the bars everyone would buy like their entire night's yeah. beer and then like take it back to wherever you were and just hold it in your hand yeah. and then just the amount of crying and hugging men like then women that I'd never met before and singing the song over and over again <laughs> and just it was so exciting yeah. because it was a pure we'd lost to Carlton the year before in that final where yes. they weren't even meant to be there yeah, that's so right. it was a it was like yeah. a low yeah. <laughs> that was a low point yeah. but it really signaled this like whole new we would actually be able to do that. We would win nine games in a row. Yeah. And we would be mentally strong enough to do it. Yeah. And then yeah, when it away. was on the line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it was on the line. And yeah. so that was my, you know, favourite Richmond memory by the finals. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, but my favourite dogs beating the yeah, Bombers no, memory. Look. And also the Bombers were the villains in my childhood. Oh, of course, yeah. We yeah, were so it was really it was great. great. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, these guys are Melbourne supporters. Yeah, so. yeah. I, don't, they I know. remember that I was at the grand final. It was the worst day oh. ever. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. No, I was lucky growing up because Essendon was in the finals every year I, and winning finals every year. Yeah, no, that must be amazing. Well, it was then. I took it for granted. Oh, yeah, yeah well, that's When true. you're younger, you take it for granted. Yeah. yeah. You Not two would I. know that. Yeah. Oh, I suppose. You well, were good. You were there. Well, this is why, as you said before, this is why we do the podcast because I'm just waiting for the the 50s and the 60s. Yes. That's where hey, I live. in like three episodes time. <laughs> that's where oh. I live. And yeah, and soon. Yeah. And yeah. soon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It's like watching a show and you know what happens. Yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. There's no stress involved. <laughs> There's no stress. Yeah. You know you come good. You're fine. Mm. Yeah. All right, um, let's, uh, a few other bits of news, actually. Yeah. Um, we, we've got a bit of a celebration as well. We finally got a download in Russia. Oh, hey. We've had one download from oh, Russia. Cool. We got through the, the Iron Curtain. Cue Fantastic. the awesome, awesome Russian music. Yep. Well, I say this. Privet Vasiem Rossi Spasibo. Which means? Uh, hello, everyone in Russia. Thank you. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> That's cool. What's going on there? I know. We finally cracked Russia. Get them to message you and say what's going on. We should. Mm. Yeah, we really should. Yeah, that'd be great. So Find out how into the footy they <laughs> yeah, are. That's right. There'd, so, be a, there'd be a scene. And then yeah, the surely is, an underground scene. <laughs> <laughs> which, which country do we target next? Somewhere in Africa. Africa. We've, done, we've, we've got, got something Africa, in Africa, yeah. don't we? but maybe like Northern Africa. Oh, Egypt, yeah. even. Egypt? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. If you go to Egypt, download us. Yeah. Uh, tell all your Egyptian friends. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, also, hi to our listeners in Ohio and Vietnam. Yeah, great. Spreading mm-hmm. it out. We do know there's a there's an AFL league or a VFL league in uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes. We've got a good friend who played for who the Vietnam Swans. played for Swans. the Swans. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, let's get to some uh, history. 
Charlie. <laughs> great time. Give us some yeah, history. 1936, Ex- great year. Some interesting things happening. But yeah, yeah there's lots of good stuff too as well yeah. um, to mix yeah. it in. Hit, hit song of 1936, the one I chose, uh, Billie Holiday, Summertime. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. Love it. Well, so, starting starting at the beginning, as you usually do, uh, on the 15th of January, a group of Torres Strait Islanders began a strike in effort to take control of their own affairs and gain fairer treatment. Um, on the 20th of January, King George V passed away and King Edward VIII took over. Um, and after that, the title of the Prince of Wales was not used for another 22 years. Mm. On the 6th of February, the 4th Winter Olympic Games opened in Germany. Oh, yeah, Jesse Owens. Yeah, well, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, on the 17th of Feb, ANSET was formed Anset. by Reg ANSET. <laughs> I'm still going strong, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the 12th of March, Western Australia made voting compulsory in state elections. And on the 25th of March, a communication cable between Victoria and Tasmania commenced operation. Um, On the 26th of March, in some interesting sports news, the longest ever game in the history of the NHL was played. Ice hockey? Yeah, the Montreal Maroons and the Detroit Red Wings went scoreless until 16 and a half minutes into the sixth overtime. Six overtimes, wow. And so Mud Brunatal, I'm I'm sure that's incorrect. (laughs) Mud. uh, Yeah, ended it. The game ended at 2.25 in the morning. Oh, crazy. 1-0? Yeah, 1-0. Yeah, well, I assume. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, on the 28th of May, Alan Turing submitted his paper about um, computable numbers to the London Mathematical Society, which introduced the concept of the Turing machine, which is kind of the beginning of computers, almost. Um, on the 19th of June, Max Schmeling knocked out Joe Lewis in the 12th round of the boxing... Uh, Heavyweight boxing match at Yankee Stadium. And on the 1st of August, the Summer Olympics opened. So it used to be that way around. Yeah, they were at the same time. In the same year. In the same year. So that was in Berlin in Germany. And uh, so it marked the first live television coverage of a sports event in world history. Um, And then, yeah, two days later, on the 3rd of August, Jesse Owens won the 100-metre dash. The first of his four gold medals. Australia sent a team of 33 athletes. Did we? Yes. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? Like, for that time. Yeah. And uh, Dunk Gray later regretted the fact that as the flag bearer at the opening ceremony, he showed respect by dipping the flag to Hitler as they marched past. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's the done thing, but... However, other flag bearers did a Nazi salute as they went past. Gray decided not to. Good. Well, yes. A little bit. Saving face there. Yeah, I like that. Uh, On September the 7th, the last known Tasmanian tiger... Benny died in the Hobart Zoo. Oh. Benny. Benny. Benjamin. Oh. I shortened it. Benjamin. good mates. Um, and on the 10th of September, the first World Speedway Championship was held at Wembley Stadium. It was won by an Australian, Lionel Van Prague, uh, and Bluey Wilkinson, another Australian, came third. Bluey. Bluey. Getting it done. Um, on the 3rd of November, FDR was re-elected to a second term in a landslide victory. And on... December the 11th, King Edward VIII abdicated and George the 7th, I guess it is, or 6th, took over. No, the 6th, yeah, took over. And that brings us basically to the end of the year. Nice. Anyone, anyone born? Any births? A few people were born. A few people were born in 1936. 
Uh, so the 10th of January, uh, Burnham Burnham, he was a First Peoples activist, author and actor. Uh, on the 28th of January, Alan Alder, the great man. <laughs> February 11th, Burnt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds? Yeah, yeah Burt Reynolds. Did I say Burnt Reynolds? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, that's a really fun nickname, but I don't. It's not quite right. Um, on the 27th of Feb, Ron Barassi Jr. was born. Yeah. On the 18th of March, um, F.W. de Klerk, who was the 10th president of South Africa and the one who was in charge when the, they ended apartheid, yeah. um, was born. On the 23rd of April, Roy Orbison. Hmm? 17th of May, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. The 29th of June, Eddie Marbo was oh, born. Cool. The 1st of August, Yves Saint Laurent was born. On the 16th of August, Lindsay Gaze, Andrew Gaze's father. The 18th of August, Robert Redford. The 21st of August, Wilt Chamberlain, the American basketball <laughs> yeah. player. And uh, on the 24th of September, Jim Henson, the American puppeteer and oh, creator hey, of The good. Muppets. Wow. Great year, nineteen thirty, isn't it? Yeah. A real mix of yes. people. Like, <laughs> the Muppets and, and Eddie Marbo. So I'd love to good. go to a dinner with all of those. <laughs> yeah, people. I know. Oh, yeah. 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 Be great. All right. Well, let's get stuck into the nineteen thirty-six season with a bit of league news first. Because it's football season, and that's the reason it's the time of the year that we love. Um, now, Tess, we were talking before about the way everything that's old is new again. Mm-hmm. Guess what the media were complaining about back in 1936? Oh, I can't wait. So uh, actually, let me preface that. <laughs> what do, what's the biggest gripe at the moment about football in in, in 2019? Goal kicking. Correct. In 1936, the football <clears throat> record bemoaned the ease with which goals were being kicked. <laughs> Arguing, <laughs> arguing that such rapid and easy scoring is not in the best interest of the Australian game. That is oh, genius. Fantastic. Uh, some ways were suggested to make scoring harder including narrowing the distance between all the posts, getting rid of behinds and adding a crossbar with goals only counting if they went over it. <laughs> so, the, and, I mean, the crossbar conversations come up oh, like constantly. 10 times yeah. up to mm. this point. That's ins- yeah. Make it harder to kick goals. To make goals, it harder imagine. to kick goals. Yeah. Imagine that conversation. Oh. Imagine if I went on the radio and said, I reckon it's too easy <laughs> yeah. to score yeah. in the modern game. They'd yeah. go, oh. At this stage, you could look at that and be like, why don't we get rid of points and just put goalposts where the point posts yes. are and leave that hole yeah, just to get <laughs> yeah, more goals. Right. Yeah. We're going to need to help them out. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I really well, like that when I came like, across it. Didn't Gordon Coventry this year kick like 1,200 goals again? Like, uh, it was like, he, was... I think he kicked his 1,200th for oh, his career. right. Okay. Yeah. And he only... had kicked 1,200 goals. In his, in in his, his career. In his career. Yeah. But there's a few but people still... who have like, who hit some big milestones this year, mm. this yeah. year as well. And so. obviously two seasons ago we had Bob Pratt kicking 150 in yeah. a season. And Coventry kicked 100 and just over 100 in that season this as well. Season. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we're regularly having over 100 goals kicked by different players. Mm. That's exactly what we want now. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we, but... <laughs> no, make it harder, I say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not good to well, watch like, this fantastic spectacle. Well, the good news is they got there. They made it harder eventually. They did. Yes. Did they? Yeah. Well, uh, well. defensive play. Ah, uh, yeah, to, by changing the play. Yeah. Mm. Tactics, defensive tactics, yeah. zones, mm. yeah. all that fun stuff. Flooding. 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 As we talked Great about. memories. <laughs> Terry Wallace. <laughs> My favourite game. It was a flooding game. Loved it. Um, all right, some other news. The entire top four remained unbeaten after three rounds, which had never happened before. Mm. Um, the MCG, the Harrison and Wardle stands were both demolished in 1936 to make work on the uh, the Old Southern stand, oh. which is the one that got knocked down in 1990. Yep. yep. Um, so there's actually some footage of the 1936 grand final. You can see the kind of 
building works going on behind it, like you could in 2002. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. Um, round 10, did you read about the... Uh, the weather caused the whole round 10 to be postponed and moved back a yeah. week. Uh, grounds were underwater following an extended period of torrential rain. Another, uh, what, did we, what, what did we call it at Glenferry Oval a couple of years ago? The mustard pot in the yeah, centre? Yeah. The honey <laughs> pot? Yeah. 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 Um, so the, every round was pushed back by a week. Heavy rain began on the Friday and at 10am on the Saturday, the VFL officially called the round... Um, Postponed. Can you imagine that? St Kilda's Delta. No. Yeah. No. I mean, the ground, it wouldn't happen to the grounds either. They would be drained, like, yeah. so well drained. But yeah. you couldn't imagine. Like no. even I think it was earlier in the AFLW season where there was this massive thunder and lightning storm, and they they stopped at halftime because they were like, happened a few times, don't know what to do in yeah. Canberra. Yeah. But then they still made them come back out. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Hawthorne and the Giants oh, played. Well, in, and the Giants played in snow. Yes, yeah. I know. You just. Anyway, just get it done. It's, it's a winter sport, right? It's good it is. For them. The, um, the St Kilda delegate wanted the matches to continue, claiming that weather would, the weather would clear. However, the weather deteriorated <laughs> and the temperature dropped dramatically. And also, the VFL had insurance, had weather insurance, so they still got money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, so that's really happened. Care. happened last year. Before dinner well. with weather insurance, yeah. yeah. I don't know. With that's the finals. Surely not a thing. No. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're losing gate takings. Yeah. 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 Um, and finally, in round 17, some umpire news for you, Kaz. Yeah, Kaz used to be an umpire. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> He's local. Cool. Um, field umpire Jack McMurray umpired his 300th senior match. Ah, oh, good. We've had some bad news about umpires lately, so it's good to hear someone doing something good. Doing something good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's run from bottom to top. Well, Sorry, isn't wasn't there talk about um, Rich, with Richmond's potential move as well? Wasn't that prior to the season? Yes, but we might talk about that with Richmond. Okay, yes, absolutely. It's a saga. Yeah. I'm happy to go into okay. it. Yeah, beautiful. When we get, to- we'll get there. <laughs> when we get there. Yeah, <laughs> we're starting down the bottom, so it's going to be a fair way off. Fitzroy, twelfth place with two wins and sixteen losses. Tim, sixty-eight point nine percent. Fitzroy. Down there, down there. Finally, mm. yeah. Finally, they've, they've, spent, last they've last spent a fair bit of time down there. You recently. say that, but they had Fitzroy, the most successful club, or well, they had been up until up until Collingwood, Collingwood, four yeah. In a row, yeah. I think what I meant was they were they've been slipping. Mm. Yeah, they've definitely been slipping. You're absolutely right. D- apart from the fact that they've got some fantastic players in there, but they just can't can't get it together. Yeah. So, and one of them, captain coached the team this year, Hayden Bunton, and he was also their lead goal kicker. So I don't know who else was on the ground. Yeah, so captain coach, lead goal kicker, all the same person. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, some debutants uh, included Bruce Calverley, Tom Ray, spelt R-E, the, the shortest surname in league history. Oh, fun stat. Um, and John Kadoosh. I was watching Kung Fu Panda last night, and that's the thing. Kadoosh. Skadoosh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what that reminded cool. me of. John Kadoosh. Oh, shout out to Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he listens, I'm sure. Yeah. Bruce, it was Cal- Calvary. Um, he was a, a winger. A, uh, sorry, excuse me. Dashing winger. But dashing. he played as, as a rover, the old yeah. thing. Anyway, and he, pl- he played in the, their uh, grand final that's coming up. Okay, good. Yeah. 44. There you go. Mm. Nice. Um, Percy Rowe, so he stood down as the coach, and Hayden Button was elevated. Um, round one, Hayden Button kicked six goals, but they got smashed by Carlton, 76 points. Not the best way to start the season. Mm. Um, following the round three loss to Collingwood, Dennis Ryan, or Dinny Ryan as he was called, yep. um, he was moved to the forward line. So he kicked his 50th goal in that game in only his 21st game. Um, he was moved to the back line, and this actually revolutionised his career. Mm. He, had a, he had an outstanding season from this. Um, round so, he, so he'd kicked 50 in 21 games as a forward and then somehow became better as a backman. Yeah. yeah that's let's let's a, put yeah. him back. <laughs> um, round 
four, following a 15-point loss to Footscray, under advice from his doctors, Charlie Cameron... Yes, this is Charlie, Charlie Cameron. Cameron. Yeah, yep. good, good, solid football name. <laughs> um, he wasn't able to recapture his form because he had suffered a heart attack the previous oh, season. Um, so he retired. A good choice, probably. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Yeah. He had been their captain. <laughs> their first se- first win of the season came against Geelong in round five by six points at Brunswick Street. Um, round thirteen, they played Melbourne, which was their only other win for the season. <laughs> Brunswick Street Oval. Um, this is, this is how it reads. With players floundering in the mud heap centre, the sides traded goals. Melbourne hit the front after Ray Wartman took advantage of a defensive mistake before Jones and Rifle added points to give the Red Demons a six-point lead. Fitzroy came again, though, and levelled the scores with barely any time left. The ball went out of the centre where Gibb put Melbourne back in front with a point. But Fitzroy cleared the ball quickly where Williams goal to give his side a five-point lead. He marked again on the siren and missed to give the Roys a six-point victory which was heartily applauded by the Brunswick Street faithful. <laughs> um, but this, was a, this has officially been Fitzroy's worst season since entering the league. Okay. There's no oh. other real highlight. Oh, actually, there is a highlight, but Moz will get to that later when we talk about the Brownlow. Yes. Mm. Um, the only other time they'd finished the bottom was 1916, which, Tess, is the year they also won the flag. Mm. Okay. So you'd be happy. That's Just a pretty good turnaround. Happy. Yeah, um, this was the first season they also hadn't beaten any of the new teams, as, as in Footscray, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne. Yeah. They went zip and four against them. They played fifty-two percent new players, so twenty-three of the forty-four players yeah, were wow. hadn't hadn't played for the club before. Wow. And never again did Fitzroy's list change so drastically until their very last season in nineteen ninety-six. Oh. That well, there you go. Goodness. Mm. Yeah. Um, and one of their players, Frank Curico. Did you read about him, Kaz? No, I didn't. Uh, he shocked the team by retiring at the end of the season because he was a professional violinist <laughs> and he wanted to focus on his uh, performing in the Metro Theatre Pit Orchestra, but he would also, he'd return for 1938. It oh. seems wow. like the crashing of two different Wonderful. worlds. It really is. And yeah. one thing it's possible, he, kids. <laughs> one thing he, he used say. to tell opponents was just, don't hurt my fingers. Yeah, I was going to yes. say, like, it uh, seems... Wow. I wasn't allowed to play Auskick, sorry. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, were. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> wasn't. It seems like, yeah, not, not the thing you do. Like, you look at, you know, footy players and their fingers are sort of yeah. all taped up and yeah. Who's that guy, Tom Derricks, who left to become a DJ? He, he played for Sydney. Is that the most <laughs> recent version of that? I don't have my fingers because I want to become a DJ on the side and I'm, I'm going to have to leave football. Is that why Tom Derricks left? <laughs> I don't think. I think it was that. He left and he took the opportunity of okay. leaving to, to become, become a, a DJ. DJ. Right. Yeah. As you do. So, cool. as you do. DJ Derricks. That's Derricks. right. DJ Derricks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not quite a violinist in the no. orchestra, but yeah, no, no yeah. pushing a button Good for him. up and down. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in eleventh place, North Melbourne with four wins and fourteen losses. That seems so many. Um, <laughs> for, for North Melbourne, it absolutely is. <laughs> uh, they're one up from the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so coached by Paddy Scanlon this year, Captain uh, Charlie uh, Gordian. Is that I how you pronounce so, yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and their lead goal kicker was uh, Cassidy with 48. Yes. So, uh, Tess, North Melbourne's won five of the last seven wooden spoons. Oof. So, and they've gone, they've had a few seasons where they haven't actually won a game. So, this is this is good. This is a good season for North Melbourne. Yeah. Four wins. Yeah, and one of them was against us. Yeah. So, you know, good for them. Well, that's it. And that, yeah, that was the first <laughs> one. The first one against you guys. They've beaten us. Oh, yeah, so. I feel happy for them, disproportionately. So, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, they had quite a bad run, but they had an intensive recruiting campaign for new players. Mm. They unearthed some gems, as in Roy Sitch, Don Kemp, Bill Montgomery, Herb Jones, and Alan Crawford. Um, they started the season with six defeats in a row. Mm. 
Um, but round seven, it all changed at Western Oval. It was a dismal day. Yeah. Let me set the scene. Um, especially <laughs> at three-quarter time when the Bulldogs led by 41 points. Oh. However, North came to life in that final quarter. Huge. They kicked seven goals, six to the Tricolors, one behind. Tricolors being Footscray's name yeah. back then. Uh, to snatch a one-goal victory. Ron McLeod and Frank Crapper kicking three goals each. Um, they followed this form into round eight where they also came back at three-quarter time by holding Carlton, who were a perennial finalist at this yeah. stage, uh, to one goal. They kicked five and they won by 19 points with Dudley Cassidy, who you were talking yeah. about, uh, kicking six. You should say as well, after that Footscray win, when they came back, that was their first win at home in three years up to that stage. <laughs> there you go. That would have been so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that would have 41 been 41-point turnaround on. from three-quarter yes, time. Awesome. Huge. Yeah. Um, and following this win over Carlton, the, the club finally thought, yeah, we're on the right track. We've got some players. We're winning some games finally. And then... Um, injuries followed these breakthrough wins, but the club was able to get two more for the season, one of them being against Richmond. Um, and again, it seemed to be their MO that season coming from behind in the third quarter, um, beating Richmond for the first time in the VFL. They had beaten them in the VFA, mm. but not, not in the big time. Um, <laughs> a four-goal two to one-point final quarter solidified their eight-point victory against a quality opponent. Mm. They got belief. They got belief. They got belief. And they finally beat the Tigers. Good on them. Finally. <laughs> I don't hold, I don't begrudge them. No, from 70, <laughs> from what, no, 83 that's years right, ago? That's right, I've yeah. let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on to the next team, 10th place Footscray with um, five wins and 13 losses. Uh, so, yeah, captained by uh, Stan Penberthy, coached by someone who we've spoken to a lot on this podcast, Sid Coventry. Sid Coventry, yeah. Great man. Second season. And their lead goal kicker was uh, Arthur Oliver. Nice. I'm not sure exactly how many, actually. Well, you can get back to me. Yeah, I will, I will. Um, so, Footscray turned back to their normal jumper. Tess, this is what they were wearing last season. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, like a barbershop like barber pin, pinstripe. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, they actually sent those jumpers to the dry cleaner at the end of the 35 season, <laughs> and the dry cleaner destroyed them all On from purpose? whatever cleaning... De- definitely sounds like on purpose. Yeah. Well, the dry cleaner was compensated, apparently, um, but that led to them just reusing their old jumper. Their old jumper is super handsome. They should have just always stuck with yeah. that. They actually wore <clears throat> they wore a version of this in the her- the old, one of the old heritage they rounds. They did, yeah. Uh, We've seen some very ugly jumpers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're funny. Yeah. So I'm yeah, glad yeah, to yeah. see them, but I'm also <laughs> glad when they go back to their... The Bob Murphy, you know, special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, players agreed to be paid two pounds a game this season. Sid Coventry said he was happy to coach for free, although the club <laughs> didn't want this to happen, so they reimbursed him and paid him two a game as well. Fantastic. What a great man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Sid was hopeful of a better season. In the preseason, he said you know, he gave his team even money chance to, uh, to win their opening game against Geelong. Uh, this didn't happen. They lost by 12 goals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, their first win came in round four with a 15-point win over the Fitzroy. In round five, in a loss to Carlton, both teams scored a whopping 11 posters between them. Oh. Footscray was six, Tricolours, uh, and Blues were five, sorry. So if you were playing the uh, Postmaster, Postmaster General, General game, yeah. which is a game I used no to play. No one's picking it. No one's <laughs> picking you, that. You would never pick a, 11, 11 posters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe four or five, but 11 is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, round 11 and 12, the club had strong wins over Essendon and Geelong. They finished the season with a 10-point win over North Melbourne. 
Um, and then in August, I thought this is quite interesting, they held a special public meeting to try and wipe its debt and the club did manage to rein in some of its debt uh, with help from the community, which really reminded me of the 1989 mm-hmm. Fightback campaign as yep. well. So it, there's quite a history there at Footscray, the club calling on the community to help, to help pull in times of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, and also at this time, as we talked about, I mean, obviously the depression's finished, but people are still, you know, don't have much cash. Mm. So, you know, to turn around and, and turn to the community and then give stuff, you know, it mm. shows how important footy was to yeah, keeping the great. spirit up and community. Yeah. As it still is, of course. Yes. But yeah. Where Jack McMillan kicked seven goals on debut, which was, I think, a, a equal record or something like that as well. Oh, really? Did you mention him already? I didn't mention him at all. Well, there you Do go. Do you know what round that was? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Beautiful. So moving, moving right along to, to ninth place this year, Hawthorne. Can you believe it? And, um, six uh, wins and 12 losses, and that was 80.9%. Yeah, so uh, captain coached by Ivan McAlpine this year. Their lead goal kicker was Norm Hillard with 26. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, look, Hawthorne, if you remember, they were riding a three-game winning streak at the end of last season as Ooh. well, <laughs> which was the first time they'd ever won three games in a row to us. Oh, that's so exciting. You laugh, but these early days were great because Hawthorne yeah, were nice. rubbish. Yeah, it's they really great nice. great memories. Yeah. Yeah. But their jumper was good. I'm looking at well, their kind now of... now it is. Brown. That's a prop. They've gone full-on brown. Yeah. They're with only the gold V. Yeah. So mm. two years ago, no, three or four, three or four yeah. years ago... They had the opposite of that. Ooh. So yeah, all, yeah. All that's yellow, the reaction. All yellow and brown. I have to get on footy jumpers and have a it little. Was, it was so ugly. That's where the mustard pot yeah, came from. Ah yes, yeah, yeah, of terrible. It's stuck. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Um, so round one, they continued their good form. They didn't win, but they really pushed Collingwood and only went down by five points. A noble loss. A noble loss. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they had a five-point thriller against Footscray the week after. It, quite an I- inaccurate game, but they won that, which kind of made it four out of the last five. So things were looking up. Mm. <laughs> Round three, another gallant loss. <laughs> Their main, so the Hawks' main goal kicker was Jack Green. He injured himself in the final quarter, wrenching his knee, and missed up to eight and missed eight games. His replacement in that game, Jack Mitchell, didn't even touch the ball and was said to have earned an easy two pound ten. Oh, good day, huh? Yeah. yeah. They then had four <laughs> losses in a row. Round nine, they got the win against Fitzroy. Their, la- their three last goals of the match, getting them over the line by 12 points. Um, they were described as being so quick that the Fitzroy defence weren't ready for them. Love it. Um, Love it. Jack Green returned for round 12 after his knee. He managed uh, man- managing seven goals and a win over Footscray in that time. However, following the loss to Melbourne in round 15, he announced his retirement, saying his troublesome knee wasn't improving, he didn't want to risk serious injury to himself, and oh. he intended to remain on the committee. Oh, good man. Oh, yeah. yeah. So nice. he's still he had, stay involved. Yes. Uh, round 16 saw one of the Maybloom's finest ever wins, mm. an upset two-point victory over Richmond. Oh. <laughs> We're a bit of a charity this year. Their Seriously? first, yeah. their first ever, ever win over oh. the Tigers. They showed a rare exhibition. Not the last. No. <laughs> they showed rare exhibition of determination and fighting qualities in the finest football scene at Hawthorne. So the only team at this stage they haven't beat is Collingwood and Carlton. Oh. Hawthorne? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this I, was... I think... I think sorry, go. Yeah, so they, they, they'd lost 21 in a row against Richmond up to this point. Oh. So it's a good... Good streak. Yeah. Good uh, streak. They were good times. Yeah. I wish <laughs> that was the case. Um... Yeah, and I think this, the drought against Collingwood continues for some time as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, it would. Yes. Uh, round 17, they were, they pushed South Melbourne to the brink. 
They were leading until the last few minutes of the game and eventually went down by five points. Which is huge considering, you know, South, South Melbourne's Melbourne team. At this time. Um, yeah. And before the Black Cats made them look dull and lifeless in the final round. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to finish. Yeah. yeah. Dull and lifeless. Dull and lifeless. Yeah. So in uh, eighth place, Tim Essendon with six wins as well and 12 losses, uh, 85.1%. Mm. Yeah, so uh, captain coach by Jack Baggett this year. Their lead goal kicker was Ted Freyer with 50. Good. What yeah. happened, Tim? Look, That's hurting, we it? haven't gone down. We finished eighth where we finished <laughs> last year. I told you it's the slot where we've gone from 12th to 10th to 8th to 8th. We're being consistent. We're moving up. We're taking well, things one season at a time. Or just plateauing. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's below We're moving you. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, things can only get better from here. <laughs> well, they can get worse, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we, we, this, is, this season starts a great tradition at Essendon, recruiting a former Richmond player to come and coach. Yes. Oh. We know that has great success for us in the future. Yes, I know. You've just stolen our, you've stolen our people. Yes, well, mm. I mean, Blake, Blake Carousella was ours to begin with. We've just taken him back. <laughs> But I, I, I'm, I'm, refer, I'm referring to Kevin Cheedy mostly. Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, so Jack Baggett came over from Richmond as captain coach. He knocked back an offer from Footscray. Uh, Keith Forbes was what well, had been captain, but he stood aside so Baggett could take over as captain coach. Um, although Baggett broke his jaw in round two, and Forbes then came back in as, as captain, captain <laughs> and coach when he was still recovering. Round one saw a brilliant win over North Melbourne. Ted Dreyer kicked six. Tommy Smith, five. Don's ran away with a 47-point win. Hey, hey, good way to start. Great way to start. Against who was that? Sorry. North Melbourne. <laughs> so they're the ones that finished on the bottom of the ladder. Second, second last. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No. Um, and then we got smashed by Carlton. <laughs> two, um, which was actually by 102 points, which is their biggest ever win over Essendon. Oh. Still standing. Mm. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, in that game, Dick Reynolds played a shocker, mm. which led to an angry fan writing a letter to the club. It reads as such. As a supporter of the Essendon Football Club for a number of years, may I be permitted to voice my disgust at the way the game was played at Carlton. The committee responsible for choosing the team should not have allowed Dick Reynolds to play as he was suffering a bad back, which was known to them and no man should play who is not physically fit. Oh. How does this person have the inside have, word? Yes. Someone's told that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. heard that. It's hearsay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so it. he had a few games out. Round seven, Essendon lost to Richmond by seven points. Ted Freya was in trouble with the club for unsportsmanlike behaviour, mm. and he was told to either apologise or he'd be sacked. His written apology was accepted. I wish I had it as well. I, I know, I that'd be it. great. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's tone. It. It tone in letters yeah, is very I'm, hard. I'm sorry that you're upset. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. that you were offended by my unsportsmanlike behaviour. It would have been that media where they go, you know, I'm sorry for my behaviour, I'm sorry for my actions, mm. Mm. I made the club look bad. <laughs> um, round 13, as Carlton defeated Essendon again, Ted Bryce was reported for deliberately kicking a Carlton player, Norm Cashin, Norm Cashin yeah. after he'd beaten... Two opponents to the ball. Bryce ran 10 to 15 yards away from away and kicked out of his shins, <laughs> arguing that he was trying to kick the ball. Mm. The tribunal came down really hard on him and found him guilty and suspended him for 18 weeks. <gasps> 18 weeks? Yes. Yeah, huge. This is not uncommon back in these days. Goodness, no, that big. is... I mean, yeah. we moved away from the, uh, the life suspensions. Yeah, yeah, they, were the, they were the best. <laughs> life yeah. They would often, often be shorter than just getting the weeks. Yes. Like you were suspended for life and then the next year they'd just slink back into yep. the club and be like, here I'm, I am. I've grown a moustache and played a different <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, got, 
That guy Jack, um, he uh, it was his first year, and he actually hails from Wandon, oh, from yeah. the southeast, which is where I'm from. Hey, so oh. shout out to Wandon. Shout out to Wandon. <laughs> Famous moment in the town. Which uh, who was that? Terry Casman. Jack Casson. Jack Casson. Did he play for us? Uh, he was a carbon player. He was oh. the one who got kicked. Oh, Norm Casson. Norm Casson. Yeah. Oh. Was there a Jack Casson as well? No, there was. Never mind. That Hold was Casson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So he's from he's from out your way. <laughs> yep. Okay, moving on. And he didn't kick anyone. <laughs> so no, well, he, he's, a right. good, he's a good guy. You're right, Norm Casson did play. I wonder if they were brothers. I wonder if um, well, maybe Ted Bryce is the brother of a player he plays with. Uh, and that's the source of the dispute. Possibly. Yeah. Well, no, the kicking. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason for the that's kicking. That's the main issue. <laughs> the, frust- the source of the frustration that may have led to the kicking. Possibly, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> moving, um, on. moving on. Round 16 against a strong South Melbourne team and not scoring at all in the first quarter. Essendon made a last quarter comeback. And despite kicking more goals than the Swans, they went down by eight points. Keith Forbes being the shining light with nine goals. Mm. Round 18, Dick Reynolds led from the front as the Dons beat the Tigers for the first time since 1930. Again. (laughs) Reynolds made a fair success of his wing play and was in the forefront of many successful leads, while his method of taking them in the air was spectacular to say the least. Essendon's five goal to two last quarter sealed a 16 point win um, and do you remember last no it must have been a few seasons ago we talked about the ugly man contest oh yes <laughs> Essendon had one at the end of the season as a money raising thing and Dick Reynolds won it really yeah yeah mm. I looked I looked a little bit more into it it seems that this whole ugly man thing was originated in WA as a way to raise money okay for mm. clubs and charities and things it just seems like there must be better ways to do it. Doesn't it right? seems less cruel yeah. competition. Yeah. And also, is Dick Reynolds really the That's ugliest what, yeah. player of that year? That seems he might like the well, story doesn't check out. I think he's just come out of teenagehood here, so uh, he yeah. might, have might been be gangly. awkward. Yeah. 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 Awkward gangly. Knows yeah. that it's not quite, you know, yeah. the right size. Hasn't grown into his face yet. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's got really his braces on. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Pimples. It's never It's not a good time for anyone, really. Is uh, Movember just the modern equivalent of that? Movember, the mm. ugly man? Uh, Maybe. He's had a direct dig at me right now. <laughs> 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 I feel attacked. I, I, I do. I feel attacked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we know that you wouldn't lose the ugly man contest, Charlie. <laughs> Look us up on Kick to Kick. You'll see. <laughs> you see for yourself. We'll put a poll out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we can raise money for charity with, an, with the ugliest kick to kick up. That'll be good. Uh, yeah, don't don't go there. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Moving on, Kazman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, uh, in seventh place, St Kilda dropping down a bit. Um, nine wins, nine losses, and uh, ninety-six point one percent. Yeah. So. Um, Captain by Jack Perkins, coached by the great Collingwood and Richmond man Dan Minogue again. Mm. Their lead goal kicker was Bill Moore with 101. Yeah. Oh, cracked yeah. the, crack the ton. He did for the first time. Yeah. Um, so right. Jack Perkins was a former Northcote player. He was the one who was named captain. Um, so round one, they opened their season against Richmond and surprised many with how competitive and accurate they were. Um, you're enjoying this test. Yeah. I mean, look, so we, Kilda Richmond is my personal derby, yeah. so I feel yeah. very strongly yeah. about it. The internal it. derby. Yeah, the internal yeah. derby that no one else in the world cares about when we play, but I do. <laughs> the Rewalt Cup. Yeah, you know, of course. A lot yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, second quarter saw the teams kick a combined 12 goals in what the papers called an orgy of goal kicking. Oh, yeah. That's a bit That will never happen yeah, again. No, yeah, you <laughs> keep that out of the papers. It's too much goal kicking in this game these yeah. days. That's right. It's disgusting. Um, St Kilda kicked 17 goals four for the match and went down to Richmond by a point. 17-4. 
Yeah, that's that's very accurate in these days, especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, round two saw the opening of a new ten thousand pound stadium, not stadium, um, stand. Stand. That's at what I'm talking junction. about. At junction, yeah. seating two thousand people. They played the fellow Albert Park Lakers, uh, South Melbourne, and South beat the Saints by three goals. Mm. Round three, after a relatively quiet first two games, Billmore exploded with eight goals against Essendon and then another seven against Geelong as St Kilda registered its first two goal, two wins of the season. Round six, St Kilda played North Melbourne at Junction Oval and Bill Moore kicked 11. Mm. Huge. Bringing up his 500th career goal. He was well on track for 101. Yeah, absolutely mm. he was. Um, he then kicked bags of six against Melbourne, Footscray and Hawthorne and then in rounds 12 and 13, in two losses, he kicked bags of eight. The media would not know what to do with a player <laughs> if they, in the year These 2020, days. kicked like six, eight. Like, yeah, there'd be yeah. no way More of describing row, like how crazy row, yeah. the world would go about that player. Yeah. There'd be, yeah, it'd just be, oh, he's out of contract in two years. Hawthorne's yeah. probably going to draft him. <laughs> right. He'll do his knee and then yeah. Hawthorne will draft him and then they'll yeah. recover him and then Somehow. he'll kick, yeah, 150 yeah. goals. Whatever they're doing, yeah. it's going to come out at some stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. Yeah. Um, and finally, round 18, uh, Bill Moore needed seven goals to reach the ton. Uh, he had five up until half time, and then in the final quarter, he needed one more. His 100th goal was kicked from a snappy pickup and close up goal. The Carlton fullback was the first to run over and congratulate him. He added one more goal for the, for the game as the Saints held on to a 27 point They had a 27 point lead with 10 minutes to go, but held on as Carlton came back. They closed the gap rapidly, but they, the Saints were able to hold on by one point. Oh, good. Mm. Very good. So mm. that eighth goal that he kicked was the one was the one yeah, he well, needed. Ac- yeah, yeah. In, in essence, so uh, he finished the season with 101 goals and 55 points. His highest ever total for the. He c- continues playing until 41, I think. Okay. And kicks mm. 735 goals altogether, but this is the this is his best year. The first Saint to kick over 100. I think maybe the mm. only until Plugger comes along as well. Mm. Must be. Did Ma- did McNamara never do it? The big silo no, never kick 100. Did. No. Not in the oh he did in the VFA. Oh yeah, the VFA. The he kicked 150, yeah. I think, for Essendon yeah. Association. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not not for anyone else. All right, let's move on. So, well, Tim, um, we we've got World War Two coming up. There's a player here who debuted. His name was Peter Chitty. Now um, for, this is for it's for Saints, yep. and um, so he went off to the, the the story is that he was the only winner of the. Uh, Changi Brownlow. Ah, uh, yes. Um, we'll come so, to talk about that soon. Oh, yeah. should, I, should I just leave it then for later on? Not in 42, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, mm. that's, a, that's a good spoiler for... Uh, yeah. yeah we'll, for, we'll, 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 we will do a World War II episode special like we did with World War One, and mm. we'll, we'll talk all about the Changi Brownlow. Yeah, you might want to think how could well. they've... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, um, can't wait to talk. Well, yeah. Um, sixth place, Richmond. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, disappointingly, like I think it says here, we were the first, it was the first time since 1926 we'd missed the missed finals. The finals. Yeah. And if you look at our win loss, like the dubs and the L's, six losses to end the year. Like, yeah. we were very charitable giving everybody Weren't their first you? win yeah, against absolutely. us. And so it was generosity yeah. that led to us like, missing the finals. What are your thoughts on that as a theory? I, we were too nice yeah, yeah, as yeah, a club. That was the problem. One story that year does not. Uh, that story doesn't check out. We played against Geelong and apparently there was an issue with player transfers going yeah, on yeah. and that Geelong 
had written invitations, had printed invitations to the Richmond officials to come and have a halftime drink and they got returned, ripped in half with, like, rude things written on yeah. them. Really? Yeah. And they wouldn't go. And we won that game. Very undignified, mm. although I was still thrilled to win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and Richmond refused to comment on it. Officials refused yeah. to comment. I think, really? we were, I think we were the baddies. Yeah. 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 In, a, so in just, a time where that happened, all like, people would do that and go into other people's rooms after games yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very controversial. Um <laughs> I'm gonna. Do you want? Do you want me to have a go at this? Yeah, go on. Look back through our own history. Yeah, do it. Uh, our captain. We, so we had ten wins, eight losses. Uh, we finished. When did we finish? Sixth. Is that the ninth month of 1936? Pretty much. Yeah. Almost. Narrowly yeah. missing out uh, yeah. mm. because of our generosity. Our debuts: Bill Wisdom and Fred Crapper. Was he a relation of Frank Crapper? I, I believe they, so. The yeah. Crapper from Bruz. from yep. Bendigo, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good hope. So, prior to the season, we had a drama, which now looking upon yes. reflection, I'm so thankful that this happened, where Richmond Cricket Club didn't did, want yeah. us playing at Punt Road Oval um, because, you know, cricket is number one at this well, stage. This is, yeah, that's still. it. The cricket club still had all the power. Yeah, so they were all, like, get out. Most of the way, yeah. And so there was a vote to take us to Olympic Park, and I think the league voted 6-6 on the board, and yeah. so the head of the league, the boss of the league, had the casting vote and that it was customary to just vote for status quo, which is very conservative and I'm very thankful for that because he voted, obviously, to leave us at Punt Road Oval. Yeah. Mm. And so that, that was Bill oh, yeah. McClelland, yeah. a great Melbourne man. So mm. really, he you've got to thank Melbourne. Thank you, Melbourne. <laughs> for what's happened. And yeah. Collingwood will thank Melbourne too because it ends <laughs> yeah. up being there. They end up buying it and away they go. <laughs> uh, so thankfully for that, we get to stay at Punt Road and this year we get our women's team to play at Punt Road Oval yeah. for the first yeah. time. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, so... Round one, we obviously won in my personal derby against St Kilda at Punt Road by that um, one point in the orgy game. Round four, we beat Carlton by 10 points in front of 43,000 people. Jack Titus kicked nine goals. He was our leading goal kicker that year with 83. Uh, round nine, we inflicted... South Melbourne with their first loss of the season. Well, See, that's, that's not good. charitable. No, Thank yeah. you. They end yeah. up going quite well. They didn't need uh, any charity. Oh, they only had 17 men in their final quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Just look, use that as a little note at the bottom, a footnote. In round 10, Jack Titus kicked another 10 goals against Footscray. Round 14, North Melbourne beat us for the first time. Good on them. <laughs> round 15, Carlton kicked nine goals and one behind in the final quarter, and we only managed two. So they beat us at Punt Road by. 24 points, and that's when we slip out of the top four. Yeah. It all goes downhill after that, yeah. to be honest. Hawthorne beat us the next week by two points at Glen Ferry. The first time that we were obviously beaten by them, as we mentioned before. Uh, then it says here, Jack Dyer, who I think it he becomes known as Captain Blood that year we're because talk, it's in we're the age. We're going to talk about this okay. yeah. in a second. It's just, well, that's a teaser. So he plays uh. for the Police's Premiership team in the Wednesday League. Dyer, who had not played in Richmond's game against Hawthorne due to a poisoned leg, yeah. Brutal injury. Yeah. Suffered as a result of an injury during the state game. He didn't play again that season. So you begin yeah. to see how it all yeah. tails fell, off. Yeah, fell apart, yeah. Uh, we lost to Essendon in the final round. Congratulations. <laughs> and therefore failed to make the finals for the first time since 1927. Um, 
Jack Titus kicked five goals and he equaled his club record. I had another couple of um, notes about that season, just wacky stuff that was happening at Richmond at the time. One, I wanted to mention our members, which was 3,337, which um, is delightful and maybe comparable to our now 100,000 with population. Because Australia's population was 6 million at the time, so maybe. It'd be, yeah, if you work it out. out, Well, that's what, um, there there was another fact about the footy this year talking about um, the league in round one they opened and 115,000 people went to see Mm. a VFL match across the combined games and you're like oh well that's you know not that much but when you think about it comparatively as you're saying that's more than one in every ten people in Melbourne it's amazing more than a tenth of the population went to see a live VFL match population of Australia or of Victoria Melbourne. Melbourne, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and there was another moment in our at one of our board meetings where one of our board members had a crack at the curtain raisers because he didn't like the fact that school boys were playing in the curtain raisers uh, and yep. instead he wanted it to be baseball. Oh, back to baseball. Back to, so, well, this was a thing that was already happening, yeah. It was, is it because baseball was in its peak at that, like it had that Babe Ruth would just yeah, finish? Like, was it yeah, super? It was and he time. thought, oh, let's ride the zeitgeist and get back on to yeah, baseball. Yeah, and it's probably minimum disturbance to the grass. Yeah. And that, you know, it's a long game like to have as a curtain raiser. True. Two and a half, yeah. yeah. Got some yeah. issues with that in terms of <laughs> planning. Like but how, a lot of clubs you know, did it. Yeah. They had, they had a baseball club attached to the football club. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, what's the connection? But that's sort of, yeah, there yeah. it is. There it is. Uh, and we had another couple of um, moments that I want to talk about as well that league-wise, but also probably about Richmond at this stage, where you know how we talk about the more things change, the more they stay the same. And obviously we don't complain about too many goals anymore. <laughs> but Jack Worrell in the Australasian was complaining that teams had lost their individual styles of play and that everybody uh. was playing the same style of football. <laughs> and that is still the conversation yeah. that we have now, that everybody's complaining all the time everybody. about all of the things. Mm. Um, but the biggest drama at Richmond through this year that we need to talk about is this gate Yes. Controversy. Yes, Controversy. So in June, I think there was an issue, or maybe it started in earlier in the season, but there was a game in which a whole lot of protesters came to Punt Road Oval and, like, manned the turnstiles and refused to pay because they said this is public land. And they blocked them as well? And they well? blocked the turnstiles and then said, we're not going to pay, you have to let us all in for free. Yeah. And this went on and on and on, and then a couple of weeks later they did it again, and so they called the police, and the police came and said, nothing we can do, which doesn't seem true. I think no. the police were but, in on it all. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they couldn't do anything. Well, I heard that what they started doing at one of the games was people blocking the gates, they carried them into the ground and then wouldn't let them leave to go back and join the protest. And it was actually quite a peaceful way to deal with it. Wow, that is quite a peaceful Come way to deal watch. with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then it goes all the way up to the Premier of Victoria and the league's going, we need to stop this because we need to have they need to pay. And the Premier's like, well, there's nothing I can do about it either. You'll have to take it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So they did take it to the Supreme Court who said, no, you're you're allowed to have, you have, you have to pay, yeah. <laughs> essentially. But it kind of was, this, there's a lot of theories about who was behind it. Yeah. Um, the Richmond people seem to think it was an anti-Richmond conspiracy to get us out of the league. And I, for one, am joining that conspiracy. <laughs> 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 You've always hated us. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we're too good, yeah. I That's think, the problem. obviously. Yeah. Um, it's the problem. But then there was other theories about whether or not it was a VFA. Like, I don't Probably know. Probably John Wren doing something, The cricket club, because the cricket <laughs> yeah, club didn't sneaky. want us to be at Punt Road Oval. Yeah. So maybe yeah, it was the cricketers. Yeah, maybe it was them, yeah, trying Who to... Who knows? But kick you while you're down as well. <laughs> that's right. While we're already struggling and not making the finals. Uh, cruel. And letting other people have a go in the finals, which is what we were clearly doing. Uh, we're being charitable, and then we couldn't let it. But that kind of dragged on through the whole season and went to the Supreme Court, mm. which is... 
wonderful. Yes. But at least it was a distraction yeah. from not playing finals. Well, maybe yeah. that yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's right. You had we a win in the courts. We didn't need if it. Not we on had the field. a win in yeah. the courts. That's right. Do we know when that was? Was that towards the end of the season when this losing streak was happening? That was all the way through the season. So the first okay. time was May thirty, yeah. and then I think it goes all the way almost to the end of the year when we end up in the Supreme Court. Yeah, so it must have been one of those things that kind of just dragged the club down. Though. That's right, because then we were going all right and then we fall away. Yeah. Obviously, it was the stress of the courts. Yes, the court, the justice system. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'll pull anyone down. Yeah, really. That's right. We couldn't possibly do it. So a completely and utterly average year for Richmond, really. Yeah, all compared like, to their standards, almost, yeah. It's like, but the best jumper. My favourite of our jumpers <laughs> happens in the 30s. So we get that beautiful woolen long sleeved with the one yellow stripe, yeah, no, which I'm no working on. Anyway. No sponsorship, just handsome black shorts, mm. all looks very neat. And in the modern iteration of Richmond, long sleeves are somehow because of Alistair Clarkson banned at yeah. Richmond as well. And so, you know, yeah. bring it back. Yeah. Bring yeah, back the woolen long sleeves yeah. next year. The woolen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, with the, winter the, with the collar. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm. If I'm ever president. It'll That's be my it. very first thing that everybody has to wear long sleeves. We're going back to wool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wool will support the farmers and <laughs> somehow it. and then, yep, that's right. That'll be my my ruling. Nice. Now, I very quickly just want to talk about Jack Dyer. Yeah. Because I actually had to edit this out of our episode. Last season, in last episode, we had discussed the origin of his nickname mm. because it was supposed to, there was an article that was released. As the story goes. In the, <laughs> the Age released an article that read, uh, the moment Jack Dyer took the field for the Tigers, they had a flagship in full sail. It was inevitable that his this that his cavalier style of play would attract a pseudonym. It was not long in coming and it stuck. One Monday morning in 1935, age cartoonist John Ludlow depicted him as Captain Blood, cutlass in mouth. Mm. And so it was said it was 1935. However, the film the film Captain Blood was not released until December of 1935. Yeah, right. So how can he have had this nickname before the film had come out and no one had seen it? Yeah. And it wasn't in everyone's mind. So it may have started in 35, but in the off-season before the 36, 36 season. season. Yes. So it was said that it happened in, happened in a game that he had taken out so many bodies on the field and the br- brutal carnage he left um, that he was <laughs> akin to Captain Blood, the Errol Flynn character. Mm. Um, so this has to have happened in 1936, not 1935. Yeah, where they yeah. start calling him that. Yes. In 1936. It mm. is a really very good nickname. Yeah. Which he didn't like to start with. He kind of grew into it. <laughs> yeah, he just got more vicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, might as well own yeah, it. If yeah, they're exactly. going to call if, me that anyway. If I'm going to get it anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to own right. this. This is mine. I better own it. I'm going to kill it. Could as be many much worse nicknames, yeah. by yeah, the way. Absolutely. So yeah. probably have that one. And this cartoon that was supposedly drawn, no one can find it. Yeah. It's all very suspicious. Mm. Well, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of great stories like that. Like we talked a while ago about did Charlie Climo, the. The Geelong the coach. The Geelong coach, and there's like no photos of him mm. anywhere yeah. in the club. There's one cartoon, and that's yeah. it. That's very odd. Yeah. Isn't it? A premiership coach, and there's nothing. He's not even in the team photo of the year. I suppose, though, you know how when you're in history, as mm. they talk about, you don't know it's history. Yeah, that's so it. Why so, why would you think you keep things? this moment, whereas I keep everything because I you know. <laughs> yeah. think, what if it's history? Uh, but I keep all the front pages of the premiership things and the papers yeah, and whatever, yeah. just in case for later. Because you never know, especially your players that no one really cares about, but they're like your fringe players. Yeah, but they're yeah. in the. You know, people won't really write about them necessarily, yeah. so you have to keep it. Yeah, that's it. Going. Exactly. Whereas, I suppose, <laughs> why would anyone keep the cartoons? The cartoons are in the papers all the time. You yeah. go, whatever. It's just what we call him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's another thing. Someone yeah. don't have it. They just, oh yeah, it'd be or, in a box. Yeah, it'll be. A, that's it. It'll be in an it'll attic be in a somewhere. Box somewhere, or a uh, newspaper that hasn't been digitised yet for us to look at. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah. Yep. Mm. 
Um, that's that's a good segue to Geelong, though. Charlie, talking about Tony Conway, so let's move on, Kaz. Yes, well, they were next, just missing out finals with 11 wins and 7 losses. Um, no protests at their gates, so Richmond conspiracy... <laughs> no, no, but you remember last season, <laughs> there'd, true. there'd been that massive issue with the workers' union, and they'd, oh, they'd got their urge people to forfeit games, and that kind of destroyed their season last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they thought, let's not do that again? Yeah. That was a bad thing. Well, they got rid of that player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they flirted with form. Yeah, so um, they were captain coached by Charlie Dibbs at the beginning of the year, and then that was taken uh, taken over by Red Which Hickey. We'll talk about yeah, and their lead goal kicker was Jack Metherill with fifty eight. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so Charlie Dibbs, obviously being a five time Collingwood Premiership player, yes, coming across to captain coach Geelong. Um, round one they had a really strong first up win over Footscray, despite being behind at quarter time. Les Hardeman kicked seven goals, and new recruit Gordon Abbott kicked three on debut. Uh, Charlie, Kaz, sorry, Kaz, yep. you got any uh, Geelong players you want to? No, discuss? I don't actually, Tim. Nope. <laughs> I don't round, talk about them. <laughs> round three. <laughs> round three. Melbourne travelled to Cryo Oval to take on the Black Cats, as they were known back then. Tess, yes, the Black Cats, excellent name. In a game labelled as Match of the Day, and it suffered their great Melbourne suffered their greatest ever oh. loss at this ground. <laughs> get the smile oh, no. off your face. <laughs> I mean, Zico. wait for it Geelong because kick- it will get worse. Geelong, later on. Yeah. Geelong the kicked. Yeah, I was at the. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Geelong kicked the last ten goals of the match to one, run out seventy point winners. Um, Any, anything else? Why it was the worst game ever in Melbourne's entire uh, history? at Cryo Oval. Okay. This oh, isn't yeah. Cardinia Park. So Cryo Oval. Okay. Which they oh, great. Play. So we can set some new records. Yeah, later. a new record yeah. coming later yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then true. round six, we had that big dispute with Richmond, which you've already yes, mentioned. Was... Uh, where they lost to Richmond. Uh, yeah, Geelong lost to Richmond about the, the invitations. Um, the, the tension started because of uh, Bernie Hoare, who mm. had trained with Richmond, but was in Geelong's recruiting zone, and they refused to clear him to Richmond, saying, we'll clear him at the end of the year, but we'll clear him to any club, not just you. Anti-Richmond conspiracy. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it was them Jealous. doing the gate stuff. Who knows? Just going to throw rumours around. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Um, following the round seven loss to Hawthorne, coach and former Collingwood player Charlie Dibbs stepped down as Geelong coach. He reached the decision because he was not in the best of health and consequently was unable to give the required concentration to the duties of coaching and leading a team. He did say in his letter he would be available to play if needed, but they didn't want him. <laughs> That's pretty much saying... And they were riding a bit of a losing streak there as well. Mm. Yeah. Let's finish this yeah. up. He was, uh, yeah. 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 He was done. Um, so Reg Hickey took over midway through the season. We know he's been coach of the team before, mm. as Jelen kind of go through many coaches in more recent times. Yeah. <coughs> Um, so round nine was a resounding demolition of Essendon the team kicking 26 goals 18 to score a 77 point win over Essendon Norm Glenister kicking 5 John Metherill kicking 10 which would be his biggest haul of goals ever Um, after a string of 5 losses in a row early in the season the Black Cats would win 8 of their last 10 including round 14 they played the Demons uh, who should have won they were 38 points up at the last change but kicked only five behinds in mm. the last quarter to the uh, Cats, seven goals, six. Ooh. So I gave that one away. Round 15, with a comfortable lead playing St Kilda at Cryo Oval, a hailstorm swept across the ground in the last quarter. Several players ran for the scoreboard wing, jumped the fence, and took shelter behind the galvanised <laughs> iron signboards. Uh, Geelong ran out 63-point winners there. <laughs> um, and big wins over Fitzroy and Hawthorne saw them finish the season strong. Missed the finals by a game, but take a lot of momentum into the next uh, season. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of their 1993 season. 
Oh yeah. Um, where they didn't make finals, but they won. They yeah. won probably their last <clears throat> six or seven and just missed. They kind of cha- they, ch- mm. they changed their entire play. Yeah, they, they went style. more attacking. Yeah, and, and I mean yeah. that was a team with Ablett and Browns. You would have been mm-hmm. there, I'm sure, Tess. Um, and it was always said that if Geelong had made the finals that year, they would have won, would it, won it by a yeah. mile. And it was the only, they, yeah. they, the if last, they had that one more game, which they yeah, because yeah, it was a twenty round season. It was a twenty round yeah. season, and it, yeah. and it was the last season of top six. Yes, oh that's right. Goodness. It would have been top eight. They've, yeah. they've been screwed over by the final yes. systems <laughs> many times. Yeah, <laughs> dating all the way back. Yeah, another wow. conspiracy. Another conspiracy. I'll buy. Fine, I'll buy into that one too. <laughs> well, they're a team you supported, so it's just yeah, a, I know. It's a test I still conspiracy. have a deep connection with Geelong. My husband is a Geelong supporter. Yeah. It's very tense because now we are quite comparable. Teams, yeah, yeah. Um, which for a very long time they just beat us every time, so it was oh, yeah. like whatever. But now I've got the upper hand. It's an uncomfortable it's a, position yeah, to yeah, be yeah. in because you can't you be smug. Yeah, yeah. And that's football, though. Being a gracious winner is so hard. It's incredibly difficult. <laughs> well, especially and when you're a Richmond supporter and you've been through so many down <laughs> times. Like this would be so great. Uh, but I think then, you're doing really well at it, though. I'm doing it because I feel I have a. I'm a softy, so I have a soft spot for all other teams, and so that is a problematic place to be arrogant in because I'm like I feel really guilty all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you should, yeah, it's a good place, guys. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I hope you've got a soft spot for Melbourne, who were in fourth place, uh, just scraping into finals this finals! year. Finals. Yes. Charlie, twelve wins, six losses, 118.8 percent. We made it. Oh. Guys, we made it into I know, finals. Can you believe it? Let's do a high five. First, oh, first yes. time since 28. That's yes. awesome. But not the last. <laughs> uh, so um, ex-captain uh, Colin Niven retired this year, leaving space for the great man Alan LaFontaine to take over, coached by the great Richmond man as well, Checker Hughes. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good year for the Ds. They they managed to pull it together. They uh, I think there are a few things going on. They... they said that there were bonuses for wins okay. this year for mm. some of the players. Are you allowed to do that in the court of law? Well, I mean, we're un- we're unprofessional. Oh, what's the bonus what's the bonus at Melbourne? Well, you can borrow my hat holiday house down no, in Portsea. Okay, this is quite so here Everybody you go. gets a hat. So there got? was there was there was some sort of payment for victories, but also, this is my favorite. The best player each week received a, a prize, yeah. and the gift wa- wasn't for him. It was a bunch of orchids for his wife or girlfriend. Oh, I love it! <laughs> Isn't that delightful? That's really yeah. nice. That's, that's, yeah, that's actually lovely. That's a big family club. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, so, some debutants for Melbourne were Harden Dean, which I thought was a great name. Yeah, um, Guy Lou Rifle, who is the father of a '50s Richmond player, Ron Rifle, and grandfather of Australian cricketer Paul Rifle. Paul Rifle. Oh, I was going to yeah. ask. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Um, and obviously, you've heard me referring to the Red Demons a few times. Yes. That's what they were actually branded at this stage, the Red Demons. Because it was kind of a mix of the Red Legs and the Demons. Yep. Yeah. Checker Hughes actually um, installed a large demonic head in the training rooms as well, <laughs> um, complete with a red feather protruding from its cap. Good. Because what doesn't finish it off, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you need that. It needs an elegant feather. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this demon head. Why is yeah. demon wearing a cap in the first place? Mm. Um now, an an interesting thing which happened in season was that on July twenty first, on a it was a Tuesday, a combined Melbourne and St Kilda team played a visiting East Perth team. Oh, Thank just those two what? clubs yeah. coming together. Mm. Very strange. Just to play against East Perth. I don't know why or how. <laughs> Well, These the things sort of happened. <laughs> yeah. St Kilda yeah. were happy to get a win anyway. Yay! Hey. <laughs> oh. Did, what, how did it go, Tim? Did, did St Kilda I, I, Melbourne win? I can't remember. 
Yeah, I, I, did, oh, I just found a reference to it. I, I should have looked more into nice. it. You're right. Um, round one, beautiful sunshiny day to kick off the season. Melbourne won plenty of friends by pushing the Swans for three quarters before falling away. Mm. Uh, they kept themselves in the game until the last quarter with accurate kicking while South were wasteful. The high-scoring match contributed to a record opening day set for scores in the VFL as well. There Too many are. goals. <laughs> yeah, it's a real problem. It's a, yeah, it is an issue. Um, they really opened their account in round two when they played <clears throat> the Maroons. In fact, it was their greatest ever win over Fitzroy to that point. With more than half of the outer closed for renovations, the small crowd were forced into one end of the ground. To minimise wasted time, recovered balls from the construction area. Um, it was one of the first games played with two balls where they had like a reserve ball waiting. Melbourne's best player was Les Jones, who repeated the tagging job he'd done on Hayden Bunton the year before. Um, and before the match, the Melbourne's 1935 seconds pennant was unfurled by the wife of committeeman S. Brownbill. Excellent. Nice. The fifth in a row. If, yeah, it was. Yeah. Five, five in a row for the reserves. Um, round eight, they, pl- they played the Saints in a game they controlled but never felt comfortable in. Eric Glass kicked five of his seven goals in the first quarter. Tarzan. Yep. <laughs> That's one of my favourite nicknames. Uh, Demons won by 30 points. LaFontaine best on ground with 26 kicks. Which is Good. a mammoth amount of kicks. Round nine, they had a strong win over fellow... Oh, sorry, not possessions, kicks. Kicks. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, round nine, a strong win over fellow top four aspirant Carlton in a match noteworthy for the fact that Melbourne's Jack Mueller is credited with taking 14 marks in one quarter. Oh, that's humongous. <laughs> that's outrageous. <laughs> hasn't playing very long either. No. Um, round 10, in a win over Essendon, Charlie Longhurst was suspended for eight matches for stri- for kicking Essendon's Ted Bryce. That doesn't sound right. Melbourne players wouldn't do something like <laughs> that. However, the verdict was not handed down uh, until later because Longhurst was unable to attend because he had two broken ribs and a concussion that he oh, suffered okay. during the match. Yeah. He was eventually suspended a week later, but actually never played football again. <laughs> or BFL, oh. BFL football again. Um, do you feel bad about that? Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Round 11, a good close win over Richmond. Signalled no. the Demons may be finals bound again. Jack Mueller was a hero in this game, taking a strong defensive mark, pushing forward to then take a strong mark again and kick the goal that put them in front. Love it. Lou, awesome. Lou Rifle also kicked the goal after the siren, although some reports said that he ran off his mark, but it was allowed. <laughs> Richmond conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm writing these down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evidence yeah, this adds up. to the Supreme Court. <laughs> um, round 12 against South Melbourne. Melbourne played well, but from 12 shots on goal, only managed five points. And they let South Melbourne get out to a five-goal lead. Before this game, though, Alan LaFontaine told us a reporter, if we hold South until three-quarter time, we should race away with the finish. And he was absolutely correct. He certainly was. Within 10 minutes, they had already turned around a two-goal deficit into a four-goal lead and ended up piling on 10 goals five in that oh. final quarter to one point for a comfortable victory. Does so not sound good. Like Eric Glass <laughs> kicking six and Norm Smith four. Uh, and round 17, finally, with a win over Footscray, the Red Demons booked their spot in the finals. Mm. And despite a last-quarter comeback from the Tricolors, they held on. The following week, they went down to Collingwood, failing to get started in the second quarter, by which time the game was already over. But this round 18 game was the first one actually played by Ron Barassi Sr., who came on in the last quarter. He'd been emergency twice earlier in the season, but this is his first game he actually came on for. Kaz, you have a bit about Ron Barassi Sr.? Not a whole lot, no, but no? Uh, obviously we know he, he goes off to a war later mm. on, so mm. he doesn't get to play th- very much. I think he, and Charlie, you might know more about this. He was a staple in the reserves for a few yes. years before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he... 
yeah, there sort of isn't too much like the, about him at this stage. But yeah, he was he played a lot in the reserves, and obviously that was a very good team yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, gets his sort of run and starts starts coming on a bit stronger. But yeah, as Kaz said, gets cut short by by yeah. the war, which mm. a lot of players did yeah. at this yeah. time. Um, yeah, he doesn't make it through the war. But did you not say before that his um, that Ron Barassi Jr. was born, was born this, this year? Born this year, yeah. Yeah. big year, yeah, big year, the year at the Barassi's. Mm. Mm. And yeah, we'll talk more about the war later, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, the, in the Norm Smith book, it's actually there's an interesting section where Checker Hughes is talking to Bill Baggett, the Essendon coach, from, from Bill Baggett. Essendon coach Baggett um, and, and Baggett saying have you got any players you can send me and he was like oh I could maybe give you like Len Smith or Norm Smith he's like no nah, Len Smith rubbish I don't want him but maybe Norm Smith and then um, the then Checker Hughes is like oh where would you play him and Baggett's like oh probably at full forward <laughs> and that's where oh Checker, Checker Hughes yeah. is like well maybe I should start playing him at full forward and he actually had a great season at full forward yeah uh, well Smith. remember the, I mean last year he sort of broke into the team about round 15 didn't he so yeah he, he hadn't played before that, but he started coming into his own. Mm. And how many... Let's just check how many goals he kicked this season. Norm Smith kicked 28 goals mm. from but 11 it, games. It's interesting, and obviously, I mean, that book is fantastic. <laughs> from a Melbourne by yeah. the Red Fox. Um, but... Um, the, his amount of goals, I mean, he did have a few seasons where he kicks lots of goals, and we'll talk about it more. But the way he played at full forward was in such a role that the people around him just kicked bags and bags as well because mm. he was such an unselfish player yeah. that, uh, yeah, his his actual goal-kicking record, even though it's really good, doesn't quite show how fantastic he was. And he's not known for goal-kicking. I didn't realise he was a full forward. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's, he's known as a coach more yeah. as a player. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 That's very good intelligence gathering as well. What a psych out to be like, where would you play him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't you love it? Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> And so Carlton in third place with 12 wins and six losses, the same bad percentage of 124 points. Yeah, so uh, awesome. captain by Jim Francis this year and coached by Frank Mart, the lead goal kicker, Harry Soapy Valance with 86. <laughs> yeah. Um, some debutants include Harry Hollingshead and Jack Carney, whose nickname was Mickey because he was small like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> See, Captain Blood should have been happy with that nickname. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Right. Otherwise, you're a Mickey. small mouse. That's yeah. right. Um, pre-season, actually, a sad story there. Backman Eric Huxtable was involved in a seemingly fatal car accident. He had actually suffered massive bruising, lacerations and deep concussion, but survived mm. and would make his comeback in round six playing 12 games for the season. Oh, that's awesome. Round six. Tough. Mm. That's, yeah, wow. Yep. Um, seemingly fatal. Seemingly yeah, fatal. Well, they thought he was, he was, he was hit. Did. They did, yeah. yeah. So Sorry, when was that? At the start of the season? Yeah, like in February. Oh, my goodness. And so he's back playing in like, like April, June, June, That's June, July. Amazing. That's <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so they started the season really well. Uh, two thumping wins, one over Fitzroy by 76 and then that big one over Essendon, um, which is their biggest win over Essendon. Soby Valance kicked nine goals, five in that win over the, the uh, Essendon team. Uh, so he actually beat Essendon by 16 points himself in that game. <laughs> I love those sorts of stats. <laughs> uh, round four, Richmond played Carlton with the Tigers giving away six free kicks in the mm. opening minutes. Um, and this was their tactic. They they really wanted to unsettle the Blues mm. and the Blues couldn't. Like they were all discombobulated because of this and just rough housing and really what Jack Dyer was doing. Tigers ran out to a 35-point lead before the Blues kind of reeled them in. Tigers ended up winning by 10 their coach, Frank Marr, lamented after the match, ah, if we only had Jack Dyer, there would be no stopping our lads. Oh, ah. that's nice. That's a high compliment. Yeah. 
Well, you um, don't, so. <laughs> hands, hands off. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, stay away. Where um, would you play him, by the way? <laughs> yeah. would you, what, would you, what would your nickname for him be? Yeah. <laughs> um, their captain, Jim Francis, was also criticised in this match. Um, fans saying that the team relied too much on Frank Marr and his coaching and that Francis wasn't doing enough out on the field to direct oh. his team. Um, following the round six loss to Collingwood, ex-captain Maury Johnson's career at Princess Park came to a premature end. Um, the exact circumstances aren't clear and there's no articles anywhere mm. that kind of suggest what happened. He just seemed to fall out. Um, and so he got a clearance to South Melbourne. Oh, okay. Wow, something, dr- something dramatic yeah. happened there. Yeah, because you, yeah, if it's nothing major, you just you hear about what's going on. That's but, right. Yeah, you slept with someone's wife. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. She gave orchids to someone's yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was and we all know what that means. <laughs> Um, round eight against North Melbourne, the Blues trail at half time. So coach Frank Meyer instructed his players not to bunch up on the forward line and leave space for Harry Valance or Soapy. Uh, but the Blues would lament its wretched third term when they dominated North and in 15 minutes from 12 shots on goal, they managed only eight behinds. And so what often happens, North went forward and scored their only goal for the term. And let's see who won that game because I haven't actually got it here. Um... North. No, hey. they lost to North. Uh, round <laughs> round How 11. Who'd do that in that year? <laughs> um, so Carlton had cleared uh, Michael Johnson to South only two weeks previous, and now they played against him as in a South Melbourne player. Uh, and this resulted in a thrilling loss for Carlton by seven points, with Sox Cooper reported for striking his former captain in the, that game. That's um, his wife he slept with. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 A bit I more could write an article, a retrospective yeah, about what about happened. This. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, they were very inaccurate in that game. Uh, and, mid- and they actually, there was another mid-season trade. They traded for a player called Jack Rout, who was a North Melbourne player. At that stage, they got him in a mid-season swap with uh, the Shinboners. Carlton sent youngster Alan Crawford to North. Uh, and this was a win-win. Rout played in the round 12 win over Fitzroy. And a fun fact about Jack Rout is that he hated wet weather football. <laughs> in such, so much so that he would actually take a hidden needle for wet weather games and if the ball was waterlogged he'd puncture it so a new one had to be bought out oh really yeah wow what happened I don't know how you're carrying a needle <laughs> in a game did him for that or? And was it Harry like, Taylor who carried ha- Harry Taylor carried ham in ham the game, and his sock he? for the whole game which yeah. is just really gross yeah isn't it yeah he must have been in his sock and a needle in your sock roll. That could have gone very bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, we've, we've heard how Jack Dyer's got an, a poisoned leg from probably yeah. from the dye yes. of his sock mm. You don't want to risk that with a needle. So, look, I don't know where he's hiding a needle. Yep. Wow. Seems insane. Just for a waterlogged ball. Yeah. Mm. I hate weather football. I mean, (laughs) bring out a fresh ball after that? And, yeah, so the final game of the season, Carlton played St Kilda. They had a spot in the final sewn up, so they rested some players. They did a Ross Lyon. Um, And this is the game they lost to St Kilda by a point. Ah. Moving on, guys. (laughs) In second place, Collingwood with 15 wins and three losses. 135.6%. 135.6%. Very strong there. Mm. Very strong. Uh, captain by Harry Collier again. Coached by, I mean, who else? Jock McHale, of course, for the, I think, 106th year in a row now. <laughs> um, and their lead goal kicker was Gordon Coventry with, by his standards, a very paltry 60, mm. but mm. makes sense, why. yeah, considering what we, what we find out. So yeah. they were lucky to avoid a loss to Hawthorne in the opening game. Fonzie Kine kicked five to kind of get them out of trouble. Round two. the ti- They played the Tigers and the Tigers cheered the unfurling of Collingwood's 1935 flag oh. before the game. 
very dignified Sports, for us in our tearing yeah. up. Be, being yeah. unfurled by the president's wife. The president's wife. Love Traditionally, it. Traditionally, if you, if you talk to Peggy O'Neill, can you try and get that tradition back? Yes, that's right. Well, the president's husband. I might I get her to choose me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to make a play for. Yeah. 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 You jump off the roof like the Eagles did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be lowered down from the sky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a play. We'll see. Um, so they unfurled the flag and then Collingwood kicked eight goals straight in the first quarter and had 14 goals and one behind at half time. Uh, Magpies then kicked eight points straight in the third term, running out eventual six goal winners, but really taking their foot off the pedal in the second half and what was really a demolition of mm. Richmond in that game. Um, then they dismantled Fitzroy, Essen and St Kilda over the following weeks, Coventry kicking 20 across that stretch. Round seven, Coventry scored his one. 1,200th goal um, and in a tactically great performance Jock McHale outwitted Melbourne to win in the last quarter and it should also be noted that the Magpies didn't score a behind until the final quarter oh wow um, in round 9 they had a regulation 11 goal win over North and in this game Albert Collie was given a 6 week suspension for striking North Jack Smith yeah and then that winning streak they had a 9 game winning streak and then they took on South Melbourne um, that game was delayed for a week because of the wet weather. And so they actually played South Melbourne, who were missing quite a few players, but they were primed, South were primed for that game. They wanted revenge from the previous year's grand mm. final, which they believed they should have won. Um, and South beat them. So Collingwood coming back to earth and their streak is over. Yeah, They then lost the following week as well. So obviously used up a lot of their energy against South and then went down to Geelong. Um, but the biggest story at Collingwood was in round 13. They mm. played Richmond. Yay. At Punt Road Oval. <laughs> what happened? Um, McHale had the players primed for the game. Collingwood had that game by the scruff of the neck at half time. Although Gordon Coventry was struggling. He hadn't been feeling himself um, of late. And years later, it actually came out that he had a lot yeah. of boils all over the back of his neck. Oh, no. So in this game, Tigers fullback Joe Murdoch decided to attack this area and was punching the Niggling back of his in. neck, oh. trying to oh, trying no. to burst these boils. Oh. And, um, and Stephen he was, Baker. Yeah, pretty Stephen much. Baker. Yep. Mm. Bit of inside knowledge about it as well. Um, Coventry was in pain and retaliated. Which is very unlike, unlike him. him. He's, He's never normally very unflappable. Yeah. Mm. Um, hurling heavyweight punches at Murdoch with telling effect. Oof. Yeah, a melee ensued and four players were reported. Collingwood won the game. Um, but at the re- tribunal that week, Gordon Coventry was given an eight-week suspension for fighting, which, which meant he would miss the rest of the season and finals. And oh. everyone was hugely up in arms about it. Yeah, was Because, as we said, he was yeah. totally unflappable and a gentleman. He'd never been in front of the tribunal before, never had any incidents. Wow. And to cop an eight-week suspension <laughs> being t- um, at that incited. time. Yeah. yeah. Did my guy get anything? Four weeks. Oh, that is is very juicy. Isn't it? And there's a bit more juice to that as well. (laughs) Apparently, after the match or the day after, uh, John Wren or an associate of John Wren paid Murdoch a visit and wanted wanted Murdoch to insist that Coventry had done nothing wrong. (gasps) It didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. Just, just tell them it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Just, so you can't remember. <laughs> uh, get your story straight. Took, took him to the basement of the Grace Darling. That is so... <laughs> that fills me with anxiety. Just, that we just need to have a chat. Yeah, yeah. we're just, just going to have a little chat. chat. Just a little conversation. In the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I know we agree. I know we all agree. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wow, happened. that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so it didn't actually come out that he had boils until years later. And so everyone was like, why has he gone nuts? What happened? Yeah. And then like the expert... Like, how he, did we know he had the boils? I love our inside knowledge, but how... How did everybody oh, know he, everybody's I think medical? he admitted that in an interview later after he'd retired. He didn't want people to know, obviously. Oh, no, no, but at the time, yeah. it must have been I see them. Like, how Possibly, did Monica yeah. know to attack that Your area? Guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I have to claim it. All the good and the bad. Uh, Isn't it? Isn't it unbelievable just to... Mm. I can't have, yeah, ooh. Oh. No, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be able to guess that injury, um, really. Actually, really I got to ruin this season. There's a little bit more here as well. The club were incensed at this and even took the issue to the Speaker of the Legisl- Legislative Assembly, <laughs> uh, who criticised the tribunal, but the suspension stood. Mm. And uh, Coventry would actually announce his retirement. He'd say, yeah. I'm not playing anymore. Yep. That's oh. it. That this, if, this is ridiculous. It's ruined, it's used to this ruined my career. Yep. Yeah. Um, he would play on in 37, and that's another story. Um, so wow. the issue at Collingwood, who's going to replace him? Um, Ron Todd was the player that, who came in. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit of discussion, and they were, the committee were like, "Well, we've got Ron Todd who's been you know, kicking bags in the reserves. Yeah, he's now playing in the seniors. You need to play Young him bloke. forward." Yeah. yeah, he kicked 11 goals over the course of the next four games, um, as Collingwood didn't lose another game for the rest of the season. Not mm. bad at all. That's good. Actually, no, they lost in the second last round, but um, he would be playing Ron Todd at full forward. Yeah, yeah. So, South Melbourne first place with 16 wins, two losses. But, Tim, it, I notice here it says there's nine home games they've won. They, they didn't lose one at home. There you go. I thought, I thought that was something about South. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Love it. Strong yeah, team. the Foreign Legion. Captain coached by uh, Jack Bissett again this year. Their lead goal kicker was Bob Pratt with 64. So, again, yeah, not as many as there has been. And not enough goals. <laughs> Too enough many goals. goals. <laughs> What's the problem? Who well, knows? We, we know Bob Pratt did hurt his ankle last year in that yes. trip up north. Yeah. And then had got hit by a truck. Yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. psychologically, physically, he's still probably trying yeah. to repair himself. Um, the club actually looked to replace Jack Bissett at the start of the season as well. Uh, they tried to get Johnny Leonard back from Western Australia, and even Roy Kazali was supposedly Isn't, a candidate. I mean,. And this is the thing that's still going on now. It's like he's been in, well, three premierships in a row mm. up to this Three grand this finals. Day. Three grand fi- Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Three grand finals in a row. One, one. And you're like, not good enough. Yeah. yeah. Let's replace him. Yeah, no. Yeah. Keep that, that Yeah, Keep, keep that, that run going yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. It's just... Mm. You get you get into this always improving. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. exactly tinkering. <laughs> and um, well, this might be one of the reasons they wanted to get rid of him as well. Round one, minutes before the opening game against Melbourne, Jack Bissett failed to show up. Oh no! Um, supposedly he was a heavy gambler. He'd been out at Ascot Racecourse, race placing a bet before rushing back. <laughs> he did make it, but the re- oh. committee refused to let him play. So oh. he, you're the captain. You should have been here coach. on time. Um, you've got to be here on time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you do. Be professional. <laughs> yeah. Mate, just um, so get they, the sports yeah. bet up on your phone. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. In the future, you'll be able to do it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, however, once the game started, South resumed their strong play. Um, the first goal kicked by South Melbourne's Bob Pratt in this game was his 500th career goal. And they had to wrestle the Demons for a 21-point win, so it wasn't easy. Then round six, Bob Pratt failed to kick a goal as the Swans beat the Hawks. He only managed five behinds. But apparently, around this time, he lost. He had lost his job. His place of business had gone under. Mm-hmm. Depression still kind of in effect. So he was quite worried mm-hmm. about work. And so, following round seven, he actually applied for a clearance. Yeah, saying he needed a job. Um, I, I, I need money. I need an income. I'll go to another club if they can get me a job. Yeah, mm. they denied him this clearance and really pleaded with the community and the supporters to find him a job, which they did. They found one at a brewery. Which seems strange that I mean we've talked. I mean we just called them the Foreign Legion. I mean, uh, what's the Archie Crofts? Archie Crofts has basically employed their entire team, and Bob Pratt saying I need a job. The the penult- mm. yeah the your premier forward of the of the league at this time, and he can't get him a job. Wow, it seems a bit strange, yes. doesn't it? It was a bit of um favouritism for yeah. the, the sand gropers at mm. this stage. 
Um, so South won their first eight games, and then round nine came up against the Tigers at Punt Road. And you'll enjoy this test. They were crunch- <laughs> South Melbourne were crunched mentally and physically, <laughs> resulting in injuries and forcing five changes to the team. Oh my goodness! Yeah, physical. We were really brutal. Yeah. Physical. So the following week, um, they well the next game was against Collingwood, and they actually secured Maury Johnson in that time, who had a pro- proven track record. He played in big games. Um, made his debut against Collingwood at Victoria Park, but that saw them win by 11 points with Terry Breen and Mocker Johnson kicking four each. So that's a, you know, four goals in his debut for the new club. Pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, finally, round 11, Bob Pratt kicked a bag of eight and kind of looked back to be the kind of player he yep. had, was known to be. Because he had a job. He was yeah, happy. That's it. <laughs> Put it back together. Um, but the following week, they were absolutely crushed by the Demons. We talked about that. Yeah, we did. 52 points. <laughs> Um, following this, they wouldn't lose another game for the home and away season, winning their last six games, heading into finals. But it was said to be like a very uneventful and un- uninspiring final six games. They they kind of just got by. They didn't impress anyone. Yeah, they got the job done, but didn't look threatening. Yeah. Um, and we head into finals. Um, so before we get stuck into that, let's go around the grounds and hear from Big Red. Big Red's local footy roundup for your state and suburban football action, sinking our teeth into grassroots football. Yes, g'day lads, and welcome to Big Red's roundup for the 1936 season. So let's go around this great big country of ours to see what was happening in football. Over in the west, in the Waffle, we have East Perth defeating Claremont by 11 points. And despite kicking only one goal one in the second and third quarters, East Perth win another exciting match with a fine last quarter kicking into a strong breeze to take out their first flag since 1927. George Doig won the Bernie Naylor medal for goal kicking with 109 goals and former Geelong superboot George Maloney in his first season back in the West won the Sandover medal for best player. Over to South Australia now where Port Adelaide snapped the Premiership drought that stretched back to 1921 with their 11th Premiership, defeating Sturt in front of 35,120 people. That game was won by three points in what was described as an absolute thriller. Ken Farmer took out his seventh straight goal-kicking medal, kicking 128 goals for the season, and Bill McCallum of Sturt won the McGarry medal for best player in the league. Turning our attention now to the VFA... Northcote have won their fourth flag in five years, defeating Paran at Turak Park by 15 points, with the Recorder Cup being a tie this year between Preston's Bert Hyde and Coburg's Peter Revel. In Ballarat, we've got the Imperials making it three in a row. Now down in Tasmania, in the Northern Tasmanian League, Launceston Football Club are in the middle of an absolute dynasty. The Launceston teams of the 30s were some of the finest ever to grace Tasmanian football, with players like Bill Cahill, Rob, Roy Cooper, Tom Ryan and Doug Wheeler playing to the fore in a side that won six consecutive flags between 1933 and 1938. And that's all for now, lads. Until next time, kick straight. And let's also hear about this year's Brownlow medal. Um, Moz, you'll, Moz will be uh, phoning this one in too. <laughs> so let's hear about Dinny Ryan. The Brownlow down low with Moz. All right. This year's winner was Dennis Ryan, known as Dinny, Dennis Dinny Ryan. He was born in 1916 and this was his second season playing for Fitzroy. Uh, Fitzroy 
has won five of the last six Brownlow, well, they've had five of the six last Brownlow winners go Fitzroy. Unfortunately, it has not positively affected their winning total so much, but you know, can't have it all. Um, Dennis Dinny Ryan played centre half back and he was recruited in 1935 from Albury. As you may remember, Hayden Bunton was also from Albury and they did in fact play the same football club, Albury Football Club, up there. Um, Ryan won this year with 26 Brownlow votes and Reg Hickey came in second. Reg played for Geelong. He finished on 21 votes with Herb Matthews finishing on 20 votes. So he won with a very, you know, a happy five vote margin. Um, In his career, he got 48 votes from 70 games. Um, He did only play until 1939 when he injured himself um, at footy training. He injured his, his knee. And then he signed up to fight at Tobruk and injured his foot a little bit more, attempting to come back and play fo- following the war, but he wasn't quite good enough. And he, he was just, his, his legs were broken. Um, he was only 20 years old and 60, 20 years old and 61 days when he won the Brownlow. And there was a, quite a bit of controversy whether he was a teenager when he won. Um, he would have been the second teenager to win. Um, but his son actually had to, uh, I guess, confirm that he, were, he was indeed 20 when he won, not 19, as was suspected. His Guernsey number was four, and he had 65 career goals from his 70 games. So go Dennis Dinny Ryan. Well, there you go. So that interesting, the Brownlow. So how many Brownlows have Fitzroy won in the past? Five of the last six. Five of the last six. Wow. And how many times have they made finals in that time? Zero. <gasps> Unbelievable. It's remarkable. It? And yeah. this is only one of two times that a wooden spoon team has had a Brownlow medalist. When was the other? Uh, in the 50s, I believe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, that, I mean, it's a huge thing, isn't it? I mean, Cripps almost did it. Yeah, yeah. And I th- and Gary Ablett was in that Gold Coast team. Ah, they, yes. weren't, they weren't last that season. No, yeah. <laughs> um, they weren't. So they weren't. They weren't. Like they were finished much. about 10th or <laughs> Gold Coast did, in the end. Until this season, had only won one wooden spoon, and that was their first season. Yeah. So they've won two now. Um, Congrats. They've won it. I love how we yeah. say they've, they've won, won the wooden they've spoon. They've won the wooden spoon. Yeah. They finally got it. I know. Um, Might as well finish last. Yeah. yeah. So, look, we'll get our final song written at some stage. Mm. But yeah. until then, <laughs> we, want, we, we, want a, we want a little a little jingle or yeah. a final song. We've, we've got great intentions. We still haven't done it, though. <laughs> You've got a while. You're only in the 30s. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just work up to it. <laughs> if right, we've got right. another we 70, will. 80 years, we'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Now, leading into this first final, Carlton playing Melbourne. Yes. Um, four Richmond officials, Charlie Callender, Lou Cameron, Bob Duval and George McCutcheon, were enlisted to help the Melbourne Football Club during their finals campaign. By checker? I and Percy so. Page, or probably. Percy Page, yeah. Yeah. Um, of, yeah, that's what it says. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really just jumped in there. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, so Richmond's still involved somehow. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's true. That's That happens. Last year, your captain, Dyson Apple, asked my captain yes. how to be a captain, and he went and had coffee with him and tried to help him be a better captain. It's collegiate. It's collegiate. Yeah, yeah, We've like always that. been yeah. like that. Yep. Very generous. Yes. As we should, as yes, we should be. that's right. Yeah. Uh, so that first final, Charlie Carlton against Melbourne. Carlton against Melbourne in front of 55,094 people at the MCG. In a match the age described as one of the grandest fighting finishes seen for years. Oh, great. What, what did you 
you describe that other game as? The an orgy of goal kicking? Yeah, no, <laughs> and no, the other boring one. Uh, yeah, oh, I really like it. Dull and lifeless. Dull yeah. and lifeless. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Um, with Governor Lord Huntingfield looking on. The Blues scored the first point and it was to tell the story of their day. Their next two scoring shots were points as well. Mm. Melbourne held the lead throughout the game. They did. So started off end of the first quarter, it was 5-4 to 2-4 Melbourne's way and basically the margin stayed the same. Yeah, so in the last quarter, Harry Valance kicked his 600th goal for the Blues. Soapy. Um, But the inaccuracy of his teammates found them 11 points down midway through the quarter. A Jack Mueller screamer brought the house down. And seemed to fire up the Blues, but they missed two more chances to cut the margin to under a goal. Melbourne held on. Mueller took 16 marks for the day and was best on ground. And the Carlton president was reported to have almost burst into tears at the final bell. Because oh. Carlton have been in the finals every year for the last 10 and have just they're so Got close. Got bundled out, basically. Yeah, every right? year. It's usually Richmond beating them as well, which you'll be happy to hear. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I still feel bad about it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, you? that's sad. Yeah, I do a little <laughs> bit, which is complicated. And even last the last couple of years, I've kind of liked Carlton. It's quite liked Brennan, Brennan Bolton. Okay. I thought he was a nice oh, yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that he's gone yeah. so that I can go back Hate to them disliking. Again. Yeah, and yeah. I'm <laughs> glad that they're winning because I want them to be good yeah. so that I can dislike them again. Yeah, well, that's it the thing. It's hard like to hate someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for a few years, it was always... Like Colin, he, Colin yeah. were always beating Richmond in the grand final, but Richmond were always beating Carlton to get into the grand final. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it was a chain of losing or whatever it is. Um, so let's move on. The following Saturday, Charlie. Brings us to the second semi. Collingwood, South Melbourne, in front of basically the same amount of people, 55,573. Yep. This is what probably the 11th or 12th time that Collingwood and South Melbourne have met in the past two years, yeah. which is unbelievable. Um, and South, So South were missing quite a few players for this match, and Laurie Nash was playing with a wrist guard. Yeah. He injured his wrist uh, playing Wednesday football. But then also Collingwood were missing Coventry. Uh, were they still missing Lita Collier at this stage? No, I believe. Lita had just back. come back, yeah. I think. E- ebbing and flowing game. Yeah. Swans fell behind, then took the lead, and in a tight last quarter, um, fell to the Pies by 13 points in a reverse of last year's yes. semi-final. In this game, Brighton Diggins had his jaw smashed and would miss the rest of the season. Uh, uh, so because of this, Len Murphy of Collingwood received an eight-week suspension. There you go. Missing the yes. final. So, um, yeah, so Collingwood managed to kick six goals in the last quarter to South Melbourne's two to come out 13-point winners mm. and cement their spot in the granny. Again. Yes. Yeah, again. Which takes us to the prelim. Mm, Melbourne. Melbourne against South Melbourne. Mm. Melbourne made the prelim case. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. <laughs> we, know what, we know what happens when Melbourne make prelims, though. Yeah, we do. Oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so in front of 49,758 people at the MCG, uh, Melbourne... Look, South had yeah, strengthened their just... defence since the last time they met. If you remember, Melbourne had run over them in the yeah in the last quarter. Um, Percy Page, uh, sorry, Percy Beams was clearly unfit in this game as well, and the Demons were unable to put together any scoring pressure at all. Mm. While South kicked eight goals straight in the third quarter, um, before finally blemishing their perfect record with a point. Um, so they, uh, up until three quarter time, they kicked eleven goals one. Yeah, and then they kicked. Two goals, ten in the last quarter. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Bob Pratt kicked five in this, but Melbourne were wasteful and yeah. didn't make most of their chances. 8-15, Melbourne kicked. But as a Melbourne supporter, you'd be pretty happy back in the finals. Things are looking Absolutely. good. Absolutely, things are looking good. Well, and uh, Ron Barassi Sr. did play in these finals as well. Yeah, so, yeah, and it's a young group yep. that's in there, so you're yep. looking at it 
thinking, you know, yeah. what's going to happen. Potential. Yeah. yeah. There is definite potential. Which gets us to the grand final. The grandest of finals. The grandest of finals. Collingwood, South Melbourne again. Again. Mm-hmm. Second, second year in a row. Yeah. In front of? In front of 74,091 people. Mm. On the 3rd of October... At two fifty PM. Mm. Um, but unless instead of us uh, chatting about it, let's uh, let's talk to the man who was there. Yes, so put up the old way back yeah. on phone, and uh, it'll be give, good to speak to Harry again. Give Harry Collier a call. Harry, great to be speaking again. Yes, you too. Can't believe it. Look, it's been another year, big year, Harry. Uh, we heard uh, this may have been a birthday wish come true. <laughs> Uh, you heard about that. Uh, look, I mean, turning 29 on Thursday, what else could I possibly ask for? Well, yeah, when you put it like that, fair enough. But two in a row, this is a huge assignment. How has this year felt different from last year, Harry? Uh, well, honestly, we felt decimated by injury and suspension this year. I mean, Lita was out for eight with that suspension, then Nuts as well with eight coming to finals. Like, it was bloody hard. And then Len Murphy last week got eight. Um, feels like we copped the worst, of the, you know, the worst possible time of the season. Yeah. Well, so how did you get past all that, Harry? Honestly, just belief. Um, after last year and what we went through to get the job done, we knew we could do it again. Uh, we had it. Our spirits were high. Uh, well, let's start at the beginning of the year, Harry. Nine wins in a row to start the season, uh, and then only just beaten by South in round ten. Well, yeah, as I said, having Lita missing that day was a huge hole in our team. We're younger across the ground than we were last year and and missing his experience made a big difference. So that affected you. You lost the next against Geelong as well. Well, obviously it did take a bit. Uh, It takes a bit of work to figure out the best way to play with a new team together. It's unbelievable. It only took two weeks to get back on the track then. After round 12, you guys won all except one very close loss to Carlton, finishing second on the ladder. Uh, behind your major rivals, the Swans. Yeah, and look, we, we felt good about finishing second. We knew our team was good enough to win again. We had the double chance. Uh, we just needed to get it right at the right part of the season. And we thought that, you know, we were there at the right time. Yeah. Um, before we start talking about the finals, though, we need to talk about that round 13 match against Richmond. Look, what happened with Gordon that day? Uh, look, it's an interesting one. Um, Gordon Coventry is one of the fairest players this game has yeah. ever seen. Let me be really clear about that. Never suspended before. Um, but to be fair to him, Joe Murdoch was really niggling him. Mm. Um, Knox, uh, Nuts had quite a sore neck from what he told us, uh, and Joe really focused on the area to the point that he was able to get under his skin, uh, which, look, is a tough thing to yeah. do with, with him. Uh, Nuts turned around and, and punched him, and I feel as though the eight, week, eight weeks he got really showed his, uh, his great record counted for nothing. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's really good to hear the whole story. Yeah, well, guys, look, I'm seeing it from one side. There might be more to it. Um, and I look, I'm trying to be impartial, but, uh, you know, we tried. Yeah, but it seemed to work. You, Albie, Panham and Whelan put on a show in the second semi-final to get straight through to the granny. Yeah, Alb, Wheel and Morgan were great the other week. That really put a, we put on a bit of a show, but the rest of the team allowed these guys to stand up tall. It was great. Really gave us confidence that we could do it two years in a row against the same team. Yeah. Oh, well, now on to the game proper. So after uh, South defeated uh, Melbourne last week, um, this time last year, the position you were in, uh, mm. you guys had nuts and they were without Pratt. Now it was the other way around. How did you manage to get through it? 
Yeah, look, uh, we'd obviously been dealing with that since round 14. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a young man by the name of Ron Todd in our uh, squad to fill yeah. the hole at full forward. Um, apparently, he grew up with Dick Lee's number 13 on his back, but really, it was all about belief, and we were jumping out of our skins with fitness. Uh, we just wanted to get the job done. And you led from the front, Harry, kicking the first goal within a minute. And you guys managed to main control, maintain control for the quarter. Yes, it was a uh, great to get that first goal. It wasn't wasn't me myself, but uh, look, after last year and knowing that again they were older and bigger than us on average, we knew that they would come out and try and flatten us, take us on physically in the game. Uh, but we just took that element to our advantage and knew that if they played us then, uh, we would go the ball first and it seemed to work. And tell us a little bit about uh, Jock's wizardry in the back line between Ross and Nash. Uh, look, you'd never have believed it, would you? Ross gave away 6 centimetres and 13 kilograms to Nash, yeah. but played out of his skin. You know what a quality player Laurie Nash yeah. is. Um, but, but Ross had his measure all day. It was great to see him do that. Oh, yeah, yeah unbelievable. Uh, so you guys were two points up at quarter time, but it seemed to start going the other way after that. Um, tell us, Harry, what did you guys do to try and change that tide back your way? Uh, well, look, we really didn't feel far off. We just wasted a few good opportunities and allowed South to get too much of the ball close to their goal. Yeah, well, with Todd's 2-5 at this point and Collingwood 7-16 at half-time, the accuracy was really letting you down. Uh, look, yeah, we knew it. And if anyone didn't, Jock sure let us know at half-time. It was one of those things where we knew how damaging South's forwards could be and we didn't make the most of our opportunities to get away from them. Mm, so the third quarter came with a great display from the Swans and cut the lead to seven points. And then early in the last, uh, it was down to one. Tell us, Harry, Gee. how are how you feeling? Jeez, guys, how do you reckon? I was oh. stuffed. We all were. <laughs> What else are we going to do? It's a grand final. we just got to keep pushing. Um, Albie managed to kick one to give us a bit of breathing space and then another to give us even more. Talk about game from the man. He was unstoppable. Yeah, well, you've just, well I was going to ask you uh, who was best on ground, but I think you've just answered that question. Yeah. Uh, so you've just won by 11 points, your second premiership in a row, second as captain, and your sixth overall. Can you believe it, Harry? Honestly, no. <laughs> As I said, it's an absolute dream come true and a birthday wish come true. And oh, tell yeah. us, Harry, a bit of honesty, celebrations for tonight, as big as last year? <laughs> nah, honestly, I think that might be impossible. You heard about last year's uh, celebrations, I'm yeah. sure. Are the gates back on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, look, probably having a nice quiet party to celebrate my birthday at my mum's. Um, and look, maybe I'll wish for another another premiership next year, hey? <laughs> uh, well, cheers, Harry. Enjoy that. Great to speak again. You too, everyone. Go Collingwood. Hey. Uh, there you go. Great to speak to Harry again. Great. He was in good spirits there, obviously celebrating a good birthday. Yeah. Uh, in that week, yes. Good time to turn 29. 29 and 29. six premierships. Oh, isn't that insane? Wild. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous. So it, it must be said, this would be Jock McHale's last premiership. Well, I mean, yeah. he's had enough. He's had, what, 11? A good run. Um, yeah. So we've had to suffer through in our first 40 seasons we've suffer covered. Suffer through. <laughs> 11 Collingwood premierships. Yeah. 20 grand finals for 11 yes. premierships. Uh, but the good news is, over the next 83 episodes, we only have to suffer through four. That's, that is good yeah. news. Yeah, so yeah. I look forward we've, to that listening. We have, we've got yeah. through. We've weathered the storm. Do we not... What are the numbers? How many more grand finals for four, oh, only four heaps. premierships? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so heaps. They're, over, they're on a fi- more than 50% yeah. at this stage, and it drops mm. down to... However, Collingwood three. making grand finals and losing grand finals is so, quite good. It's yeah. what so they do I'm best. Up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's what so they do best. best. I'm up for it.
Yeah, indeed. I love it. Um, let's go through some retirees very quickly for the 1936 season. We've got Paddy Walsh from Essendon, 115 games. Uh, Charlie Cameron, great football name. North Melbourne Fitzroy player, 145 games. Unfortunately, that heart attack really putting a damp there on the end of his career there. He's still alive. Sur- not yeah. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maury, Maury Sheehan of Richmond, 121 yeah. games, two flags. Stan Judkins, Brownlow medalist, two flags. Richmond, Jack Green, uh, a very good goal kicker for Carlton and Hawthorne. Jack Bissett, Richmond and South Melbourne, 128 mm. games, one flag. Charlie Dibbs, 223 games, five flags. <sighs> and finally, umpire Jack McMurray, 304 oh, no. games umpired, five grand finals. Oh, Not amazing. a bad run. What a statesman. Let me say goodbye to them. Um, so, well, shall we wrap up the season? Yes, let's do it. So, who was the 1936 premier? Um, Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, trick question. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and Pause for effect. The lead what? goal kicker this year? Was Bill Moore with 101. Not Bob Pratt or Gordon Coventry for and once in the last what? Uh, that St. Killer didn't make the final, so it was 101 goals. Yes. Yep. Well, they the needed actual that. Coleman, yeah, they yeah. did. They, they, they needed something. They need something yeah. now as well. So. Mm. <laughs> and the the Argus's Player of the Year was Bill Moore as well. Oh, was mm. it? Yeah. yeah. The uh, the Brownlow medalist and only shining light at Fitzroy. Yeah, Denny Ryan. Denny Ryan. Mm. Twenty six votes. Yeah. As, mm. as, as Moss told, told us. Yeah. The who wooden, won the wooden spoon? Uh, Fitzroy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being their first wooden spoon, they did win it. Not, well. 1916 is officially credited to Richmond, I believe, not Fitzroy, who finished fourth but then won the grand final. Yeah, because it would have changed it around after the, the results of the finals, I, think, I yeah. assume, yeah. Mm. And the second premiership was won by Footscray. Yeah, Melbourne. Not Melbourne. Ah. Melbourne were in the grand final, yes. but got pumped in the end, really. Yeah. Uh, the high- they more than doubled our score, 101 oh. to 50. Yeah. yeah. High score was Geelong, the 26 goals, 18, 174. Two more than their high score of the previous season. And Kaz, yep, the best, uh, the best name award. I like Crapper. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Two Crappers playing in the season at once. Well, yeah. but here's the thing, Kaz. Crapper's been around for a while, and you haven't uh, voted him. So we've got Ray Wartman, who won it last year. <laughs> he's he's the current holder, and you could vote for him to hold it again. We also have Tom Ray, John Kadoosh, Harry mm. Harry Carey. <laughs> Armand Richmond's yeah. Armand So yeah That Armand That was his He's a debut Anyway Armand Never These heard are all that debuts. as a name no. Bill Wisdom Fred Crapper Oh Fred Crapper There you go There is a Crapper Yeah Harry Dean oh, Sorry Harden Dean mm. Harry Hollingshead Which is some good alliteration Yeah I love and, a bit of alliteration And Rex Ritchie And some more good alliteration Yeah <laughs> So I, I thought Armand straight off the bat When I, was, I found him But um Oh, we'll have to give it to Harry Carey. Harry Carey. <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> Rex Ritchie is... That, is Rex is, Ritchie is a great sounds actor. Sounds like an actor. Um, a superhero name, isn't it? A superhero name. Yeah. Oh. Definitely a pseudonym. Whereas is Harry Carey... Um, Harry Carey. the newest Toy Story movie, Toy Story 4? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't the, seen The it. doll in that is like Harry... It's not Harry Carey, but it's something very simpler. simpler. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe this was the inspiration. Maybe. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's come from. I can't wait for Fred Crapper to be in the next movie as well. They're going from the season. Um, fantastic. So that brings us towards the end of our episode. Um, Tess Armstrong, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really fun. Oh, Thanks for having yeah, me. No, it's been great. Um, I have a selection of gifts you can choose from. <gasps> great. No, so I, have, I have a mug, so you can have either an Ivo Crap mug or a official Kick the Kick podcast mug. I'd like a Kick the Kick podcast okay. mug. Yeah, no yeah. offence. Uh, uh, this is great. The guy there looking at. And I've got some badges oh. for you as well. Oh, my God. 
I love badges. <laughs> are these all for me? All for you. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness! Thank you very much. Oh, these will all you. go on the scarf. The scarf <laughs> is actually stretched out because of the amount of jacks <laughs> that I have to have on the badge. Do you get a new and Jack so, Reward badge every year? No, I've got the same old one okay. and then I add a new Jack. So I've got to get Jack Ross, who's our oh, newest okay, gotcha. Jack. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. You had that whole discussion about the Jack off in Yeah, it was really complicated. <laughs> 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 you were getting them all in an elevator. My moment uh, that I really took a turn. And so thank you very much for raising it. And uh, it's good to go through the 30s. There's a lot of Jacks again. Mm. So I'm in some dangerous territory. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now, oh, end, end of the kick, uh, end of your uh, they came to play podcast. You said you might be back for some specials or anything, or there might be something on the horizon. Is there yes. anything before the season? I don't know. I'm off? working on a little mini reunion on radio because I may be hosting radio with Limo next Saturday on ABC. Okay. There's nice. a, um, yeah, their show, The Grand National. So I might try and. Yeah. Wheel Danny out for that. Oh, nice. And so we can get back together on the radio. So hey, stay tuned and I will nice. let you all know. Um, also, I was trying to track back how like they came to play started and it kind of just evolved out of... Am I right in that? It, it just, just kind of happened if you in look the, at the office. Yeah, oh, really? Because <laughs> yes. if you look, in, look at the, do um, like the download hist- like yes. the, on Podbean where I looked at it, there's no like first episode. It's just kind of there. Is it? Yeah. It started, we started, I think... Uh, a little bit after 2018, it was like, like the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and it was probably around May or something like that. We thought, oh, we should do a pod, which yeah. is a very classic. Because there was no weekly wrap-up of the footy pod that was happening on the ABC because we have our grandstand coverage, which is excellent, mm-hmm. but then nothing else. And yeah. so we thought, let's give that a go. And it was really fun. And Limo and Danny, it turned out that we were the last three premierships, the Dogs, the Hawks oh, and the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, and so yeah. uh, it was quite nice. That year, none of our teams won. And this year, obviously, <laughs> I won. And they had to do the podcast with me the day after. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's a very fun fun gig. But, yeah, it did evolve out of nothing. Yeah. And here we are. Yep. That's how probably the best things start. Yeah. Who knows? Yep. You know, we'll keep it on. And who knows? Hopefully a different team wins next year unless it's Richmond. <laughs> Not, I couldn't handle hanging out with either of them if yeah. the team's won. So. Especially Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, no more Hawthorne yeah, for, no a, more Hawthorne for a while. I do the, also do the Outer Sanctum, which are all Hawthorne people. Yeah. So, oh, really? you know, Hawthorne. I'm surrounded by them. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere like, I go. Like and they're quite, all quite nice people. It's really confronting. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. You just want to hate them all. Oh. Yeah. It's like me and Melbourne supporters. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But at least we're quiet at the moment. Yeah, well, you're very quiet. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Not for long. No, no. I wouldn't imagine. No. Mm. It doesn't take much for no, us to get up and much. about. That's yeah. right. No. You made finals again. You're right. Yeah, that's you're on it. the run. Yeah. <laughs> so listeners can hear you possibly on next Saturday. Well, yes, hear me next Saturday on the radio and then the Outer Sanctum will be back for the AFLW season, which won't be very far away. And Richmond yep. obviously have a team for the yeah. first time, so I will be unbearable. Nice. So if you enjoy unbearable tests, listen out <laughs> in, in the new year. Can't wait oh. for that. And then hopefully back for the men's season when they came to play. But, yep. you know, it's a long season in football, long mm, off season. It is. That's so it. we'll see. A lot happens. A lot happens. Yep. Um, well, you're, you're welcome back here anytime. Maybe Thank we can you. maybe we can get you in on an episode where Richmond actually win the premiership. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll come back for sure and talk about Richmond winning. Yeah, that'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. make time yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. No, no it's been it's been fantastic. The, it's not just the three of us idiots talking to each other. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, which is nice. <laughs> Um, well, that that brings us to the end of another one. So thanks everyone for listening, and as we always say. Um, talk to some friends about it if you know people who love footy and can't wait for the next season to start you tell them about us tell some friends I yeah. will tell some friends yeah. and um, 
Please let us know if we've got anything wrong, which I'm sure we have and always <laughs> do. Have some business cards as well. And uh, until next time, hooroo. Hooroo. To find out more about the Kick to Kick team and the sources we use, visit our website, www.kicktokickpodcast.com. You can contact us via email at kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram under at kicktokickpod. Thanks so much for listening.